Hello! Kelsey. I'm Kim. Welcome to episode 15 of season 5 of the Massive Hands Book Club podcast. Today we're covering chapters 60 through 63 of A Court of Silver Flames by Sarah J. Mass. This wraps up part 3 in a way that I just didn't see coming. <laughs> like... Like, I knew we needed, like, okay, like, I knew the major plot points. We've had this conversation. Like, I know that, like, half this book was spoiled for me beforehand, but I just was, like, it was going to be, like, a roulette of what order that shit was going to happen in. Um, right. I just, like, so, like, I knew we still had to get to the blood rate. I was kind of surprised we made it to um, checking 82% of the book, and we yeah. had not gotten to the blood rate yet. Thought that was kind of weird. Um, so, like, I knew that was coming, and I, I knew mm -hmm. we couldn't just, like, leave Cassie and Anesta happy. Um, it's kind of like that thing, uh, oh, what is it, um, like, with rom-coms, where, like, at this point in the book, mm -hmm. they can't be together. <laughs> right, right. Um, or, like, uh, th that thing that flows around Facebook every so often that I just love, that's, like, my daughter was reading Jane Eyre, and I asked her how it was going, and she said, oh, yeah, I think, like, they're gonna get together. And then, like, she comes with the mom the next day, and she goes, I don't think this is gonna go well. And she goes, why? And she goes, because I'm, uh, they're together and they're happy, but I'm only 70% of the way through the book. So that's a lot of book left to fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, I so, like, I knew we couldn't leave Cassie and Anesta happy, but, um, like, this is how we're gonna do it? I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've yeah. read the whole thing several times, so I can't, I'm, I'm in a weird okay, position. Okay, yeah. So, like, you, yeah, okay. Uh, so, so, so then for those of, those of us like me, who's just, like, here, uh, is it, like, safe to say the reason it feels weird is because it's sort of a bridge into, like, the blood, right? Like, like, okay, like, you and I have talked about this before. I think, like, you know, like, I'm working on a novel, so, like, I have, like, plotted out some, like, major points I want to hit. But, like, what's right. gonna happen between those points to get me from, like, A to B and C to D and yada yada? Like, that's still, like, up in the air. So, like, uh, right. do we think this is, like, the up in the air part, and that's why it's, like, a little weird, because it's, like, we knew we had to, like, give them matey maintenance, and we knew we had to get to the blood right, so then we had to invent the in-between. Kind of, sorta. It's definitely a a plot device to bridge all of it yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the best answer I have for you. I know okay, it's not yeah. the answer you want. Well, no, I just I think that's why I'm, I'm just. It feels weird because it feels um, like I'm not trying to like be hard to get along with. I'm not like trying to say like, oh, this is not mm -hmm. good. I didn't like it. It feels forced. I'm just saying it sort of feels like. We did so much, like, growth into their, um, matey maintenance that, like, what mm -hmm. happens in this next section where they, like, now fight about it just sort of feels like, yeah, well, we'll get to it. It just feels like it had to happen just because we had to come up with a reason why Cassian wouldn't have been in the house. You know what I mean? Or, like, wouldn't right. have been around. Like, in order to get to the plot point at the end of this section... Like, to get them to the blood right, we had to get rid of Cassian, so we had to invent a fight to get him out of the picture. Right, he's because he's already been, been out inspecting the troops now for so long that... Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just, like, yeah. You know, because it'd been weird if we just, like, wrote it like he, like, went out to buy milk. <laughs> right. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, before we dive in, uh, Q, Kim, your favorite part. Uh. It's your favorite part of the podcast. This podcast is not for little. Oh. I'm sorry, you know. My favorite part of these weird fucking chapters, I don't have one. It's really where I thought, because of the way you've been talking, I was like, uh. Oh, no, um, bro. Yeah, no, guys, good. this podcast is not, no, not for little ears. Oh, Jesus. Uh, okay, well, now that we got that out of the way, I can immediately start cussing, because chapter 60, what the fuck, Cassian? Like, what the actual fuck? Yeah, he loses on that one. Yeah, okay, so, like, going back a couple of pages in case, like, we forgot. Mm, remember, we had, like, our little slumber party, uh, and we made our friendship bracelets, uh, because after our matey mateness, uh, Cassian decided to fucking disappear. Well, the first sentence of this is, Cassian had been gone for five days. My man. Yeah. My man. Dude, where are what? you? I... I cannot understand the thought process. And, like, in fairness, we do get the thought process later in this section, and it's still not good. No. It still doesn't make any fucking sense. Stupid. Totally, uh, completely dumb. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. He's been gone, uh, and that means that now there's, like, a shift. Um... Okay, this is the thing that I thought was so weird. I'm just going to read it because I was like, I'm sorry, what? Um, but somehow, by the time he returned, a shift had occurred. Not just the world-altering shift that had happened on Winter Solstice between him and Nesta, but a shift between Nesta and Emery and Gwen. Okay, I got it. But, like, is it, so we're just, like, never going to talk about the elephant in the room? We're just going to be, like, fucking beating around a bush here and calling it, like, a world-altering shift? Yeah, Okay, anyway. Sorry. Uh, so anyway, he's back now, and we're just apparently gonna act like, cool, that's like a Tuesday. It's fine. Like, no big deal. Uh, we're just not even gonna acknowledge it. It's fine. Uh, we're training, okay? Uh, and we are specifically, I guess we're, 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 we're at... Okay, wow. You know what? That's the upside to now doing video, Kim. So for the like six people, okay, like a hundred something people like who listen, like six of them will watch this and they can watch my hand motion when I can't remember what I'm trying to say. They are cutting the ribbon. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Words are not like they are doing the thing. Um, they're cutting the ribbon. Check pointy thing. Yeah. Jesus Christ, uh, this is what we get for now that we record video, we do it at night, and now we're just going to be, like, dumber forever. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> Sorry, guys, it's been a long day. Kelsey will tell you that. I've had, I've had a day. <laughs> but they're cutting the ribbon. And, you know, we're, I guess Gwen's up, right? Is she the one who's mm -hmm. up? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Gwen's up. Because uh, we're getting, you know, we're getting the like, you go, girl, you got this. Uh, do it for the miniature Pegasus. And Cassian's like, what is fucking happening? <laughs> True. <laughs> like, what fucking miniature Pegasus? And Nesta says, the miniature Pegasus was an illusion and is now back in his make-believe meadow. And Emery's like, 
Well, he loved Gwen most despite your efforts to woo him. And at this point, Cassian's really like, I must have ingested an edible. Like, I do not. What? What the fuck? Well, but here's the thing that comes out of this that that I highlighted because it's so important. Um, They're talking about, Nesta's talking about the bracelet. She goes, let me make a wish for all of us. She explained, gathering the three charms, small gift for the sisters who had become like sisters, a chosen family. Um, you know, like the one Farah had found for herself. Yeah. And we were just talking about this. Yeah. You know, I just, I don't know. Yeah, because we were talking offline about, uh, like the character arcs and. Uh, it's interest like uh, okay yeah so long story short offline we were talking about pacing but we were talking about specifically like how in a book you kind of like wait for that moment when particularly like in an action fantasy whatever um you like kind of wait for that like found family moment where you like get the team together and we were saying how like looking back that's what makes Akatar so weird is there is not that moment ever because she doesn't really get that. I mean, she has moments with like Lucian or moments with Alice or moments with um, Reese, even like once they're under the mountain, but she doesn't get like the band, the crew right. together, you know? And so like, it's interesting. Cause like in, in this book now, like this is now Nesta's gotten the crew together. We've had the sleepover and now we've had the bracelets and we are now like doing this together. So we got the crew together. It's just like sort of weird. That that's happening at 82%. <laughs> Well, and I apologize. So I totally screwed my my book. My, you good? Went bonkers. Are you good? Um, so now I'm irritated. And <laughs> I was talking about the whole thing with the, the, the chapters jumped. I was gonna say, me. is I that the last? It's like the last page of the previous chapter, right? Yeah, and it it yeah. was doing weird things. Anyway, yeah, my no, it's all good version. because that plays directly into what's happening now. They're doing their little play by play, joking about the it, Pegasus, doing well, their little does, like sisterly but bonding. That does explain because even Azriel's like, yeah, Azriel and Cassian are like, I mean, this. Like, what is like, what? Like, even even As doesn't know what the hell they're talking about with this sure. miniature Pegasus. And Nesta laughs a true laugh and she says the miniature pegasus was an illusion and is now back in his make-believe meadow yeah and then emory's like he loved gwyn most (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah, exactly so that's when they get into all of that yeah and they're the yeah the boys are just like what the fuck is happening Uh uh-huh which though again like playing off of back in akamath like all of these are exactly like yes she's getting her own inner circle together right because these are all the same weird ass little conversations that the inner circle would have had back towards the end of like akamath the end of akawar or whatever um the difference is there was no weird third party hanging out being like right just exactly. now there is a third party in the room being like what's happening <laughs> but i did note this and so this is where okay all of you gwyn and as shippers all right remember <laughs> last episode kelsey had a bit of a rant yeah if you um, want to know about that come back to the bonus chapter. chapters all right which is kind of crazy because when we had actually talked about as at solstice and the way he 
dealt with Nesta. We were both very complimentary of his behavior because in many ways he, he really isn't a horrible person, though he definitely did not show his better side in the bonus chapter. Anyway. Yeah, where's the line? Yeah. So anyway, it says, Cassian looked over at Az, but his attention was fixed on the young priestess, admiration and quiet encouragement shining from his face. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me that's not... I, I know why people feel the way they do. I mean, yeah, but then coming off that bonus chapter, like, what an idiot. Uh, it's fine. The important part, like, at, at this moment, not as important who As is going to end up with. The important part is we get this, like, groundbreaking moment for the women that Cassian actually internalizes, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Um, because the, the girls are getting, you know, Gwen hyped up. She's going to cut the ribbon, you know? And, you know, they've done the whole, you know, joke about the Pegasus and blah, blah, blah. And then she's remembering that, uh, mantra or whatever the, you know, I am the rock against which the surf crashes. But then it's the last part. She's like, nothing can break me. And Emery interjects, nothing can break us. And yep. the, I love this. The world seemed to pause at the words as if it had been following one path and now branched off in another direction. In a hundred years, a thousand, this moment would still be etched in his mind that he would tell his children, his grandchildren, right then and there, that was when it all changed. And then it says, Azrael went wholly still as if he too had felt the shift, as if he too were aware that Far larger forces peered into that training ring as Gwyn moved. Hmm. She cuts the ribbon, guys. She does it. She do it. <laughs> In case you couldn't see where that was going. Um, so she cuts the ribbon, Nesta bends down, picks it up, and then she ties it uh around Gwyn's forehead, you know, uh like a uh whatever you want to call Crab. that. Kind of like yeah. a crown, a headband crown. Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, so then Nesta uh, announces to them all that with that, Gwen is now a Valkyrie, and we get a snowflake. Next. <laughs> but it starts off great because it says it became the ritual to cut that ribbon to be crowned with its severed half and anointed Valkyrie. Gwyn was first, Emery second. By the end of training that morning, Nesta became the third. So mm -hmm. in one day, it was one, two, three, done. Yeah. Which is probably the sort of like the weird shift that Cassian was like, uh, that like kind of like pre, you know, preeminated the whole thing. Where like, I think that was like right. the weird shift in the air, so to speak, was like, not only is this mm -hmm. going to be like, not only are we now branching out of, like, oh, they were training and now they're actually capable, but, like, actually they're all capable at exactly the same moment, and that is going to be incredibly important moving forward. Hugely. Hugely yeah. important. Yeah. So, love that. Super interesting. Um, <laughs> not trying to, like, blow past it, but we got a lot of bullshit to get to. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, so that part, great. We love that. We love that part. Um, now we're... Well, it kills me because as soon as the lesson's over, instead of yeah. Cassian coming and spending more time trying to, to work this out with Nesta, yeah. he takes off. Again. And doesn't come back till morning. Yeah, again. Like, I... 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The fuck? Yeah. Well, and so like again, pacing weird weird thing. Um, fine for the overall artist, like for the overall story arc. Like when you explain this to somebody, if you were like, oh, and then they were training, and then she made friends, and then she brought them to training, and then they became Valkyrie, and then they started training on obstacle courses. Like if you just like bullet it off like that, you're like, yeah, that's a normal uh you know a sequence of events, but the amount of time spent on all of them is a little wacky because like now we're going to immediately roll into obstacle courses. Yep. We just cut the ribbon like yesterday and we are now just going to like fully go into full-time like obstacle course training. Um, I guess basically preparing for the blood rate, even though up to this point we've sort of been told it's going to be irrelevant. They're not going to be allowed to participate. Well, not only that, but here's part I don't understand. And this is, this is the whole thing. So, all right, great. Gwen and Emery and Nesta are now all Valkyrie, right? Mm-hmm. They they passed the test. Mm-hmm. So all the other priestesses that are training have not passed the test. So where did they so go? And what are they doing? Right. And then it basically, you know, it starts off. So when they get there, you know, it's like Nesta is the last one to arrive the, the next morning with the, the training ring all, you know, changed into a um now we're doing like ninja course. warrior shit yeah and the the other priestesses are still now now they've gone from whatever they were doing now they've just been kind of ramped up to this yeah huh? i don't well right or are they just like standing on the sidelines watching i don't know and in fairness you know it was never addressed in all of this were the others actual and i maybe have said this but you know how i am i mean we're like what i'm sorry i keep looking at this the book 622 pages in so like i maybe it said it and i fucking missed it are the others even really though like training to be valkyrie or are they just training because it's like okay it's time for me to like get out of my secret hidey hole and go try to do a new thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if their true goal is like to eventually cut the ribbon or if they're just like, this is the equivalent of signing up for a yoga class that is every Tuesday and successfully going every Tuesday. Like, is that the goal? You know what I mean? You know, I don't know. Like that Um... was never really addressed. I never knew what the plan for them was anyway. Same. It's definitely background. I mean, it's like yeah. it's important that they're doing it, but it's become the background, and yeah. I don't. And we're just I like don't not understand that. Like, yeah, like I don't know if we were really trying to like make an entire unit or. Well, yeah, we I realize know. that that is at some point that is at least the goal to a degree because I mean it does come out in in the obstacle course things. Yeah. Um. And Gwen's like, you know, we're looking forward to proving you all wrong, that we're going to get through this. And we got another snowflake and says, proving Azrael and Cassian wrong would take a while, it seemed. Gwen, Emery, and Nesta made it the farthest in three hours. True. So that means the others, right? Rosalind, Deidre, yeah. And, um, you know, a grand whopping halfway. But what made them qualified to be doing that? And that... Anake made it to the obstacle behind them before time was up. Um, you know, and they keep trying and they keep trying. And then, you know, 
I, I do like the one thing at the end of this little section, though, because Gwen's all, see you tomorrow, Shadow Singer. Like, she's mad at him. Yeah, yeah. And Nesta's like, you have no idea what you just started. Yeah. And then she looks at him and goes, remember how Gwen was with the ribbon? And she claps him on the shoulder, yeah. as on the shoulder, and says, you are the new the ribbon. ribbon. And I'm just like, okay, there we go. Yeah, I, I do think that was fun. Um, but you're right. Yeah, I had forgotten about that line in there about, yeah, Rosalind Deidre and whatever the hell her name is. And I'm gay. And, I, and, I, and if somebody's got a clue, yeah, clue us I don't know. Right now, um, my brain is not there. Yeah. Also, I sort of forgot about, I feel like we have background on Rosalind and Deidre, but not the third one. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really understand. I don't really understand you're right, because, like, if they didn't make it that far, why did we throw them into the obstacle course? I don't know. Uh, also, having a hard time, also, okay, I'm not being an idiot. Again, I forget stuff. <laughs> I've mostly read these, like, I, Akatar through Akawar, I read twice. Um, Akamath, I think I actually read three times. Uh, but yeah, this book, this is my first time through. So like, forgive me if this is a thing that I'm supposed to know. Uh, the, the, help me, Kim, the blood rite. I -hmm. feel like I remember the story being that like the boys got dropped off at like three different points and they had to fight, like fight everybody else to get to each other. And then they made their way to the top together. Okay, like, congratulations, love that for you. But isn't that, like, not actually the fucking goal? Isn't the goal just, like, you fucking fight your ass up there by yourself? So I'm a little confused (laughs) about the obstacle course. Right, but so they, but the goal was, like, yes, the goal is to do it individually. However, the one thing that Cass, Asian, and Reese all can say is, is by doing it as a group, by... By sure. working together is how they really succeeded. They know sure. that. And that is one of the things that comes up in this. Sure. And like, I, I, I understand that like logically, uh, sort of like how if you do an obstacle course as like, you, you know, how like <laughs> fucking offices will like send their people to an obstacle course for the day to like learn how to work together. Uh, we worked on some teams that probably could have used that. Um, yeah, I, I get it, but I also feel like it's not a realistic example of what the blood rite's gonna look like. Right. Because, like, the blood um, rite isn't, like, a bunch of obstacles back-to-back on a field. It's the fucking wild, out in the elements, like, Hunger Games style, killing each other off to the top, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm just, I guess I'm just saying, I I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying like, to me, this sets a weird, unrealistic expectation for the women who don't know better that this is somehow a good representation of the blood rite. No, and I, I understand, I understand exactly what you're saying, but it's weird because, you know, we get that snowflake and then it comes up and they're like, obstacle course remained impossible. They changed it every night. Right. So that's also confusing. You're right. That also doesn't make any sense. The obstacle course remained impossible. The bastards changed it every night. Each new morning was a different, harder challenge. So when they didn't successfully do it the night before, you made it hard. I don't, again, what are we, what, what is the lesson? What are we learning? I don't, I don't understand right. what the 
goal is. And this is where it becomes like abundantly clear to me that like Cassian and Azriel are like some nice guys trying to do a thing, but like maybe they're like clearly nobody has had to teach Valkyrie school before. <laughs> like clearly these two men have never had like like I want to know what is God, I suck at names. It is late at night and I am sounding like an idiot. What is <laughs> Jackass of the Mountain. His name is not Lord Farquaad. Lord Devlin. I need fucking uh, Shrek. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, I would love to know what Devlin's teaching his guys. You know what I mean? Like, for all his bad fucking juju and assholery, I really do think we could have stolen one of his textbooks, though. I, I don't, I don't know, but remember, as Cassian and Reese were all trained under Devlin. Right. So maybe they did just fucking do this. Maybe that's why. I don't know. I don't, I, I just, I'm I, I having a hard know. time understanding. I mean, to me, it just sort of feels like, yeah, I can do, I'm trying to think of something similar to like, you know, the training they've been doing up to this point, but I really can't, you know, but like, yeah, sure. I can like take Taekwondo, but if I take Taekwondo, that has nothing to do with ninja warrior training. I mean, yeah, some of the same muscle groups and shit, but not really the same. And then even if I do American ninja warrior training, that's not then going to be like, drop me off at the bottom of the cliff. And now I got to backpack my way up and fight to the death. Like, again, not the same, like none of these things. I know. Um, though I find it interesting, yeah, because you know this little section, this little section does kind of provide some insight, I guess. Um, when you know Rosalind's group with Deidre and and Ananke, um, were really pushing right on the heels of of. Uh, Gwen and Emery and Nesta. And so it's it's pushing Gwen to push Emery and Nesta and herself even harder. And um because they she wants to be the one to take the smirks off of Cassian and Azriel's face, not you know, the other girls. Um but it says in here, never mind that after the first day, they only had an hour to get through the course. The other two hours were spent as a group working on military training, marching right. in formation, harder and stupider than it looked, fighting <laughs> side by side, more dangerous than it seemed, and learning how to move, think, breathe as a unit. Now, from an Illyrian standpoint, that all makes sense. Uh-huh. Sure. And when you think of the Valkyries as the warriors that they were and the story sure. that we know from Cassian about right. them holding that one pass that yeah. became a slaughter. It It's funny. It makes me think of um, the 300. Oh, I was thinking of uh, Wonder Woman, like the Amazons. Same. Yeah. Which is kind of like the 300. It's the whole thing. Yeah. The, the, the Anyway. Um, but that's kind of what it, it reminds me of. 
And so I think, um, you know, they're talking, you know, it, it, it talks about training as a, as a unit of Valkyrie and not just individual. In fairness, um, it's occurring to me, I guess it's because we're reading with our prejudice of knowing that we are reading a book and we are readers, therefore we know that they're headed to the blood right. Um, I guess right. if you were just in it, it's kind of like, why yeah. do I have to take English 101 in college as a psych major? It just because you do. <laughs> so like, well, because even as a psych major, you do have to know how to write. Sure. But I'm just saying, like, you know what I mean? Like, I guess that's, I guess that's what we're doing. I guess it's just more to make them more, quote, like, well-rounded Valkyries, all of Mm -hmm. the things. Um, Still seems a little, still seems a little, uh, to me, fuzzy what the goal is, given that the Illyrians are not going to accept them as Valkyries. There are no Valkyries for them to actually, like, train under. I don't know what, like, the logistical societal implications of making a Valkyrie unit are. I don't know if Reese has thought that through because Reese has been busy. <laughs> Just a little bit. So, like, I, I still feel a little fuzzy, like, what the hell the end goal is. Because, like, also, are these other women... Just because they're showing up to train under Cassian and Az because they've grown to trust those two men, does that really mean they're going to, like, show up if... You see what I'm saying? Like, are they really going to, like, join the actual, quote, like, Valkyrie military or whatever we're going to call this unit and then, like, go off to wherever and fight other people? Do you know what I mean? I, you know, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. I just hadn't really thought about any of that until we got here and I realized I don't really know what we're doing. <laughs> you know and i and i don't know um i just hadn't thought about it till this moment now i'm a little confused about what i know what the goal in the book is like i know we have to like get to the blood right i know we are building a character arc for nesta i know we are building nesta's inner circle so like as a reader i understand what we're doing with these plot devices but like what 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 are the, what do characters think they're doing? Like what what is their motivation? Maybe that's like an actor problem I'm having. Like if I was an actor, I'd be like, why are we doing this? Like if I'm Roslyn, I'm like, cool. What is the motive? Like what do I think we're doing? Right, and that I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I anyway, yeah. Sorry, it's just an interesting. I don't know. Like I said, maybe that comes from the theater side, where like I'm always thinking like, what do the characters think is happening? How much do the characters know? Because, like, Rosalind doesn't fucking know anything. You know what I mean? Like, Rosalind doesn't know the shit with Brie Allen and the mask and the bullshit. Like, Rosalind doesn't know that's happening. Rosalind probably doesn't know half the backstory about the Valkyrie stuff. Rosalind doesn't even really know who Cassian is, except for, like, secondhand information, you know? Right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Carry on. (laughs) Yeah, they, they do talk about the fact that at least Nesta, Emery, and Gwen when they're not training in the ring are doing research in the library after in the evening after the services. Um, And then it says, and every night Nesta ran the stairs of the house farther and farther and farther. She had been able to reach the bottom again since that fight with Amarin, but she kept trying. Um, And now it says no longer do did memories and words send a rushing down it. Now she was driven by pure unrelenting purpose. Um, we also learned that at this point, Rosalind, Deidre, Ananka, 
Ilana and Lorelai have all cut the ribbon and are yeah. officially ranked Valkyrie. Yeah. Um, you know, and then it says in here, Nesta, Gwen, and Emery defeated the obstacle course two months to the day after it had been brought in. Of course, it was on a day when all the priestesses had been summoned away by Clotho for some special ceremony, so there was no one to witness it other than Cassian and Azrael. Only Gwyn had been exempted from the ceremony, apparently. And when Gwen reached the finish line, bloody and panting and grinning so wildly, her teal eyes glowed like a sunlit sea, she only extended her battered hand to Azrael. Well. And he's like, you already have your prize. You just passed the blood right qualifier. Congratulations. And so then Gwen's like, that was why you invited them. And it's the first time that both Nesta and Emery realized that Devlin and another Illyrian lord slash warrior were standing yeah. there and had watched them complete the blood right qualifier. I'm like, okay, so then, yeah, okay, okay, I'm making a face because I know, I know SJM sucks at timelines, I know I get lost in this timeline constantly, two months have gone by. February. Well, but we're talking, it has to be more like March by now, because solstice happened, and then Cassie was gone for a week. Before right, it's, it's we cut the beginning ribbons. of January, so it's it's end of February. It's March, early March. Yeah, yeah because Cassian was gone essentially Christmas to New Year's. <laughs> right. So, so I the only reason I care about this is because I have been saying I feel like Feyre has been pregnant for ever. Fair. And I think she has been. <laughs> I Fair. think our timeline got fucked and Feyre, you know, like I was pissed when I was 11 days past my due date. I really think Feyre is like elephant gestation over here. Like, <laughs> It's not 10 months, it's 22. Yeah, it's yeah, feeling really know. like we've known... I don't know. It's really. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, whatever. It doesn't really matter. But that baby has to be like hanging out of favorite by now. <laughs> no, anyway, whatever. I just the something about this timeline seems wacky to me. And then also, yeah, like how I, I, I understand we got the other priestesses out um, before we brought Lord Devlin in because, well, man, and also. Okay, but then that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying I don't really understand the goal. Because if we weren't going to let the other women who did rank Valkyrie attempt the qualifier in front of Lord Devlin, then they don't apparently plan on ever, like, leaving this compound. Right. So I'm back to what are we, what's the goal? What are we doing? Anyway, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like you said, Lord Devlin and some other guy show up and... Apparently, Gwen's the only one with eyes, and... <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You know, and, and poor Emery's question is, is we're not entering the blood rite, are we? Because remember, right. Emery's Illyrian. She knows what the blood rite is. 
And then this and Cassian's is, like, only if you yeah. want to. Which is confusing to me because the answer was fucking hell no six months ago. Like, six months ago, it was, I don't care how good of a job you do, Devlin's never going to let you do this. And now Devlin's going to let him, I don't understand. I don't, I don't. Right. There's clearly been discussion. And I guess that's the other thing that's like a little funky in this book to me. Um, that was like a little less obvious in previous books and somehow just feels more obvious now. Um, it's a little bit like what I used to say about like Crescent City. It's like there's entire conversations happening that we are not privy to because mm -hmm. it is from like mostly like Nesta's perspective, which is fine. We expect that in the novel. We can't know what everybody is doing at every moment, but like it feels semi-important to have known how we got this far with Devlin, that you got him well, here. No, but I, I, I have to say, Cassian does kind of explain some of this. Um, He's like, we wanted Devlin and whoever else he tells to understand that you're as yeah. talented as any Illyrian unit. Yeah. This was the only way that they'd get it. Being a Valkyrie means nothing to them, and you certainly don't need their approval. But I wanted them to know what you've accomplished. That even though Valkyries don't have something akin to the blood rate, that you are as trained as any warrior in Illyria. Right, which I get, but my point is, is Devlin wouldn't even, like, touch Nesta six months ago, so now he took Cassian up on his offer to come watch these women do the qualifier. I, I agree. Like, I don't know. This is a man that remember, like, and I don't remember, I guess it was this book. Maybe it was another one. But when we get the whole thing about how, like, Devlin, like, won't even go near, like, women on their periods because he is a man. Like, <laughs> somehow we talked right. him into coming today. And I feel like that's the part that I'm, like, kind of confused on. Right. Yeah, I anyway, don't, again, I don't it doesn't probably matter. I'm probably just thinking too hard because that's just, like, background that doesn't, like, probably got edited out or never written. But I just, it's just an odd thing to me, uh, especially given uh, where we end up at the end of this section, which is not like it's a spoiler because we're talking right. about well, today, I mean, but, yeah. I know. I mean, Cassian, I mean, his whole thing is, you know, short of, take, short of being in the blood, right, you're as close to being an Illyrian as right. you can be. Uh, Illyrian warriors and Nesta's just like well I'd rather be a Valkyrie fair I think that's what and that's the end of yeah. the chapter I was like that's what the back of my phone basically says and I think I have one that says I'd rather be a Valkyrie hiding in here somewhere uh, <laughs> yeah but yeah that's the end of the chapter and uh mm -hmm. yeah weird <sighs> fine it's very strange this, yeah that, it was that just chapter like a, is really weird yeah it just feels weird to me but anyway whatever 61 uh is a whole new thing 61 uh <laughs> one test remained not any cassian had given her uh she wants to do the stairs not to go kill amarin this time she wants to do them just because she can uh so she's been working on that and we get a little bit of background about what has been happening in the last two months, which is also, I guess, part of what made that last chapter feel kind of weird to like jump two yeah. months in a chapter. Yeah. I think that's part of why it's like, I'm sorry, what? Um, yeah. But yeah. So in that two months, and this is also where I'm like, wow, we just like really blew past this. Remember how like they just like matey mated like 
one chapter, yeah. a chapter and a half ago. Yeah, exactly. And then he fucking disappeared for five days and you and I were ready to kill him. We never really do address that. Nesta, I guess, no. was just like, that's fine. Which is weird. And yeah. then they don't really do anything about anything. Uh, we are told, you know, in a way that makes logical sense, uh, I guess sort of from Nesta's perspective, um, we're told that, like, basically they, uh, it's like they're dating. Like, they spend the night at each, in each other's bedrooms and they have a lot of sex, but they don't actually, like, talk about anything. Like, they talk about, like, Valkyrie shit and shit, but, like, we have not addressed, like, this is the equivalent of, like, I'm trying to think, like, this is, like, the equivalent of, like, when you're, like, in your 20s, like, at the end of college or right after college, and it's, like, you're dating somebody and you've been dating them for a while, but, like, neither of you wants to bring up, like, moving in together. And nobody is right. really talking about long-term plans. Like, you're not saying you're going to get married, but you're also not not saying it. But also you'll say weird shit like, I don't know, I'd like to move to Timbuktu. And the other person is like, is that an invitation for me to come or not? I can't tell. You did not make that clear. Like, <laughs> it feels yeah, no. like that it is does. where we're at. Uh, it, it does. Um. Which is fine, but again, weird given that this is a fantasy book. Weird given that we are this close to the end of the book. <laughs> weird that this is after the matey mate stuff. Because, like, when Feyre and Reese got to the matey mate point, they were, like, inseparable after that. Other than right. when they had to be separated because Akawar happened. But you get the point. I, I don't know. I don't really understand what we're doing. Which is, I guess, what we're going to call this episode. Like, Kelsey doesn't fucking understand. Uh, anyway. Um, point is, is, we got that background information. I guess that's fine. Whatever. Uh, if it's good for them, then great, I guess. Uh, and she has been, like you mentioned, like training on the stairs. She's been like doing stair runs and she's been trying to make it further and further down. She wants to make it to the bottom. Um, this time she's doing it. She's trying to get to the bottom. She's thinking about that same mind stilling thing, you know, doing the whole, I'm the rock against which such things crash, yada, yada in her head. And she's getting pretty far at this point. She's, you know, 4,000, 5,000, 6,000. The mind stilling became easy as breathing. Um, she would not be mastered by anything again. She was the master of herself, which I think like, what we're doing in this chapter is what, you know, I've said it every time she comes to stairs, which is like, this is the meditating inside her head chapter, which is great. You can read the whole thing. We're proud of how far she got. But like we said, we got some fuckery to get to. So uh, the long story well, short of it. She does one thing, one thing in her internal monologue gets said that yeah. I really like, and that is, and this person she was becoming emerging into day by day. She might even like her. Yeah. Yeah, that was. And then nice. she gets to the bottom of the stairs. Yeah, and then she gets to the bottom of the stairs, and she. And this is what I think is interesting too. She gets to the bottom of the stairs, and it's like, okay, well, I could walk out. Like, what? What would I do if I did though? You know what I mean? Like, would I go to a tavern? Would I go? Like, where would I go? And instead, she turns back around and she climbs back. Because she's like, 
Only she found herself looking up toward the house where a starfall party would be held in an hour. Yeah. The male who would be there who'd encouraged her to come. Which also and she began the climb. I I understand that this is Reese's house. Like I, I understand that. But like could you imagine living somewhere for like she's been here like nearly a year. Could you imagine living essentially like subletting an apartment from somebody for like nearly a year and then suddenly that owner decides to host a fucking party in it, even though you still live there? Yeah. again weird everything in this section just feels weird but whatever it's fine she does climb to the top like you said cute little line the climb would be brutal and almost without end but at the top cassian would be waiting as he had waited for her for years now which also that line caught me up because i was like fuck dog this has been years just a few Again, the pacing has been so weird because if you think about how fast Akatar happened, I mean, again, mm-hmm. not super fast, but a couple of months. And then if you think about how fast Akamath mm-hmm. happened, uh, again, not like, I think maybe not even a full year of Akamath, right? Or You're about asking me right now. It's fine. But I'm just saying, and then like same with like Akawar. So like the weird part is, is like the entire beginning of Akatar to the end of Akawar. I think you and I figured out at one point, it was only like a year and a half. Yeah, I was going to say the two together, like a year and a half. Yeah. And then now, like we've been in this book for like over a year. year. No, it's been like, well, isn't it? Well, no, I guess Akafas makes it over a year. Akafas would be over a year. Yeah, I'm but... just lu- yeah, I'm lumping it in because I'm thinking about the Nesta arc of starting from like last Christmas that didn't like last solstice didn't go well, and now we've already passed this solstice. Right, but this book yeah. starts in late August, early September. It has to be before that. Remember, because we it's summer because it goes into fall. Late August, early September. I still don't think her math maths, if that's the case. I'm not telling you her math math. Because that means we were in fall for like six months, which doesn't make any sense. No, it's more. It's it's not six. Because it would be, even if it's early August, it's still August. No, I mean, I know that. But what I'm saying is, is she will tell us in the way she writes that like weeks have passed, months have passed. But you can't have weeks and months pass. And then it's fall. If it was August when you started, fall would have been like six weeks later. We can't have weeks pass multiple times. <laughs> anyway, yeah, know. like I said, this math don't fucking math. But the point is, is I forgot. I guess be- like I wasn't thinking until I read that line because like we went from solstice to solstice and now we've passed that. That their like moment in Akawar would have been like already a, almost two years ago. Which is just interesting because like we said, like all of Akatar, Akamath, and Akawar are like less than two years. <laughs> are you looking it up? <laughs> yeah. I don't like yeah, because I know there's some woman out there that did figure out, like, she did do her best to, like, calendar it. And I know she said there were some issues, but. Okay. 
Doing the math the way you just did. Mm -hmm. Starfall is Astera, mm -hmm. which is the spring equinox. Okay. Did we think that? We were trying to figure that out. Like, I think you and I thought it was closer to the solstice than that. No, summer solstices. No, I'm saying I no. think you and I thought it was closer to winter solstice. We did, because initially I thought it was uh, it was in bulk, which is that's the what first, I'm saying. That made more sense based on what we February, knew. But but looking at this time now, we're looking at we're looking at Ostera, which is April. Oh well, no March, March. mid March. Spring equinox is mid March. That lines up with the timeline, though. I mean, yeah, that lines up with the two months or whatever. Still sort of, to me, feels like Favor's been pregnant since forever, but maybe not. Who the hell knows? Anyway, uh, back to the point. She climbs up. Oh, we get a star, snow, star flake <laughs> Snowflake. <laughs> snowflake after she climbs the stairs. And after the snowflake, Cassian is waiting upstairs, looking all good. <laughs> He's a sexy. Yep. And she gets her sweaty ass up the stairs, uh, adds the five extra steps to get to Cassian, and gives him a big old sweaty smooch. Yeah. Good for them. Uh, to which then this also was shocking and confusing to me, where he was just like, yeah, let's go, the party's already started, and she's like a sweaty, gross mess, and she's just like, okay, and she does not go get changed. Again, thought that was weird, it's fine. Uh. Ew? Yeah, I don't know, I don't, again, nothing about this makes sense to me. I mean, it's like a cute visual, I guess, uh, I, I, I like when I picture the movie in my mind, I like the moment where her sweaty ass is up the stairs and she gives him a big old smoochy and he's like, the party's already started. But I don't understand. Give her give her, give her, her 20 minutes. Go get right. a quick shower and, right. and put on clean clothes. Yeah, or like, can't somebody with the magics do her a solid? Because like, <laughs> not only that. So like, she's been doing all this and she's She's sweaty. Before this, she had been training and worked in the library. Yeah, I don't know. And I mean, that's like on her, too. Like, I'm glad you, like, climbed the stairs and shit, but, like, did you have to now, right before the party? I don't, uh, again, I don't understand. Every and I guess I don't understand because this could have been a nice moment where they got to be dressed up together and, like, have a little date. But instead, it's just kind of haphazard. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know, dog. I'm so... I, I, like I said, this section might as well just be called Kelsey's Confused. Um, Yeah, so anyway, it's fine. Uh, He scoops her up, which is, I guess, nice, because, you know, her legs fucking hurt at this point. And we get ourselves situated at the veranda at the top of the house so that we can watch the whole thing happen. Um, We have a cast of characters here, which also is weird... <laughs> 
Okay. <clears throat> she had a vague sense of Cassian and more and Azriel nearby. Makes sense. Of Feyre and Reese and Lucian. Okay. Of Elaine and Varian and Helion. Alright, this is where the party list gets a little fucking weird. And then we got fucking, what's his name here? Callius. Callius and Vivian. Yeah, and Vivian. Mm Mm-hmm. And Vivian. He's also pregnant. Yes. These rare pregnancies that are not so rare. Um. Why? (laughs) Why? I'm, I'm, I'm. (laughs) I don't know. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I. I. Uh huh. I guess. Okay. In fairness. In fairness. I think I'm having a hard time with my brain because the last Starfall, like we attended as the reader, was Akamath. Yes. But there must have been one between Frost and Starlight and the start of. There was, and Overflame. she just says in here, she didn't go. She, well, she doesn't really remember because she was too drunk. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is, is like, I guess I'm confused because like maybe Reese did that last time. You know what I mean? Like maybe last Starfall, Reese invited basically all the other High Lords, come or don't. Um, right. You know, hey, we survived the big ugly, come or don't um maybe he even invited tamlin i don't know like you know what i mean i don't i don't but i guess it's again it's just weird because it, because it's from nesta's perspective we get this moment where nesta's like well i didn't go or i guess i did but i was drunk so i don't remember any of it okay well that explains you but what the fuck was it like would have been really handy if there had been some line in here from cassian's perspective or even from nesta's perspective being like i remember them all i vaguely remember them all being here last year you know what i mean just some line that would have explained why do we have this collection of people here? Hmm. Because they weren't you know, there yeah. in Akamata. Yeah. And also because that whole thing, like going back to like Reese's perspective on like keeping Valaris essentially a secret. And I know that Valaris isn't a secret anymore because he basically made the fucking thing with Devlin. But would you willingly just be like, hey, yo, everybody Kier. come for Starfall? Like, I don't know. You mean Kier? Yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? Wrong, 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 grumpy yeah. person. <laughs> yeah, wrong, grumpy ass. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, wrong, grumpy. Because they're all Lord Farquaad to me. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh my. Anyway, I I'm just saying I I could use a little more context for what we're fucking. Di- anyway, like I said, could be the fucking theme of this whole section. Could use more context. I don't understand. The reason this chapter exists, I guess, is so that we can have this round circle of life moment where we come back to Amran. Yeah. You're getting a really long pause here because I was like, I'm going to stop talking and let Kim talk. But then Kim was like giving me the eye or psychically of like, no, you fucking keep going because I'm about to explode in a second. 
since neither of us want to address the elephant named Amran in the room. <sighs> yeah. Okay. That's like mentally prepare. So Amran's here. Cool, cool, cool. Well, what triggers us to realize Amran is there is Nesta is so overcome with joy. Yes. Now, I have to say, there's there's this whole little section in here that it just it kills me. Like, I love it in a, in a weird, good way. Sure. Um, like, she notices all of Reese and his guests, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the High Lords and yada yada. Right. And she smiles at them, which, of course, leaves all of them kind of going, huh? Right. More, like, she smiles at more as all, like, all of them. Yeah. And they're all kind of like, Probably except for Az and Cassian. I think Az and Cassian yeah. are the only two are, that are not surprised yeah, to see a smile on her face, right? Sure. And then she just starts crying in joy at yeah. the beauty of what Starfall is. Like, the beauty of it really, for the first time, really resonates with her. Yeah. And she laughs and she's crying. And the laughter is what triggers this because then Amaran's response Amber apparently in all of this has come up to her Amber to this beautiful dress and you know remember Nessa's just laughed and she's still crying and she's just she's like a little kid right uh-huh. and Amber says to her that's a sound I never thought to hear from you girl huh yeah. Okay. So, uh, in best in 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 like my best possible way of thinking about the scenario, Amarin gets a point, I guess, for saying anything. Okay. Right. And then this immediately, immediately gets weird. Uh, I can think of a thousand things Nesta Very. could have said. I thought Nesta was either going to chew her out, like a chew her out, b ignore her c maybe tell her to fuck off well yeah tell her to fuck off okay so d maybe, maybe say like something halfway nice like right you're talking to me now or something like you know what i mean where it was just, you know like opening a conversation but not overly like apologetic nope i'm completely wrong um not only does nesta apologize <laughs> Nesta fell to one knee and bowed her head. I am sorry. I. Okay, Kim. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, Kels is a little verklempt. <laughs> um. She's managed to not only shock Amran, but and 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 Nesta acknowledges she knows everybody else is watching, and they're all yeah. probably like, "Huh," like mouths hanging yeah. open. Um, but what she says is truly beautiful, and she's like, "Sure, you gave me kindness and respect and your time, and I treated them like garbage. You told me the truth, and I did not want to hear it." I was jealous and scared and too proud to admit it, but losing your friendship is a loss I can't endure. Okay, I like it, except I don't... 
Why is she on her knees? Okay, right. So why is she on her knees? Why is this a monologue? Okay. Like, yeah. if you broke this up and Nesta was like, I'm sorry. And Amran was something, either stayed silent or said, like, you know, for what? Or something. You could understand you gave me kindness and respect in your time and I treated them like garbage. Fair. Good acknowledgement. Good good choice, Nesta. That's a that's fair. Right. Um, you told me the truth and I didn't want to hear it. Okay. Also fair, but also like, no, that's sort of giving Amron too much fucking credit. Amron actually just kind of treated you like garbage and like you didn't have any trauma. Like weird. Uh, well, exactly. I mean Amron's been quite a bitch to her. Right. Amron's so, been quite a bitch to everybody. Let's be real honest. This right. whole book. <laughs> Yeah, so that's weird. And then I was jealous and scared and too proud to admit it. I don't even feel like really tracks with what we know about Nesta. I agree. I don't think she was jealous of Amran. I think she was jealous of Feyre having a place in the world. I think she was jealous. I agree. But I don't, why would... I don't understand why she'd be jealous of Amran. That doesn't make any fucking sense. She's not. And she is referencing the whole thing with Feyre. Right. But so why does she say it here? Why that not, doesn't really make sense. Right. Why not? Yeah. Why not clarify the point? Yeah. The way this is worded is really awkward. It, yeah. It's just. And it's then awkward. like. And then, like I said, the fact that it's, like, monologued, but losing your friendship is a loss I can't endure. That, okay, that, again, sounds beautiful, but doesn't, it feels like Amran should have had to say some stuff for Nesta to be like, I really regret that we're not friends. I really hate that we've lost this time to be friends, and I, I miss, like, trading my powers with you or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't understand why this is one giant paragraph where Nesta does all of the apologizing when Amran is easily half to blame. I I agree. I struggle with the fact that Amran doesn't have to make an apology. No. The fuck? I can already tell, I mean, I could be wrong, but we are at now, I'm looking 84% of the way through the book. I can already tell that I'm going to be fucking annoyed by the end of this entire book, because I can already tell that it's going to be all Nesta basically having to apologize and make amends, and I know it fucking happens in the end, and that's irritating too. Um, mm -hmm. it's all Nesta and nobody else has to fucking, uh, reconcile anything that they fucking did. And you and I were talking about this earlier, so I'm going to bring it up because you just went there. Um, I have a lot of frustrations with this book. Um, like, what? and, and I know you and I talked and you were like, yeah, it was, it was with Nesta. Well, yeah, some of it's Nesta, but no, yeah, a lot of it's other issues yeah, with the book. When we came into this book and you were like, I have issues with this book, I assumed it was like purely Nesta issues. But now I'm like, oh shit, yeah. fuck, it's everybody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I also have told you that I don't feel based on the time frame and everything Nesta's been through, yeah. that the 
the resolution of the book makes sense to me with the arc sure, for yeah, what Nesta's yeah. supposed well, to have through. Nesta's journey doesn't doesn't equal the arc at the end of the book. The way Yeah, her, that's okay. Her... You and I are gonna get into that even in this episode a little bit because like we know where we're headed. The fight we're about to pick with Cassian doesn't make any sense. Well, not only that, but I mean, here she is, like, groveling to Aaron. For what? Yeah. So, yeah. to see where this book completely ends up, I get so frustrated. This is the kind of stuff that I'm just like... This sort I of... I love... I love Sarah. I love her books. I love this world. But, oh, my God. Well, like, what happens? This... Yeah, and this monologue kind of reminds me, and I'm not, like, trying to, like, it, you know, it's just stuff that works for some people and other people's perceptions of things that do or don't work or, you know, organizations and programs and yada yada, like, that aside, so, like, not passing judgment. But this sort of reminds me of, like, some people's complaints about how, like, a 12-step program is structured, about how they'll be like, mm. oh, we get to the point where you're supposed to, like, you know, make amends or apologize or whatever, but it's kind of a crapshoot because often that apology completely ignores the fact that some people that you are apologizing to played a part in the problem. Exactly. And I, that's sort of how I feel about this. It's like she has been sitting on this monologue for months where she's like, next time I see Amron, I'm going to say this. And it's like, okay, like, if that's what you needed to get off your chest to feel better, then, like, good for you. But it is shocking right. to me that Amryn doesn't have anything fucking constructive, really, to say after that. I agree. I mean, Amryn's response to this is, I went poking about the house when we arrived an hour ago. I saw what you did to this place. What? Yeah. Yeah, and that is what that is a little bit what Nesta thinks. Nesta's like, "Oh fuck, what did I do to the house to piss you off now?" But she says, "You know, no. I mean, like, basically, you built this house into what it is. Like, uh, it responds it to you. I it, can hear yeah. it in the stone." Yeah. And then they have this weird com. Okay. <laughs> Filed under shit. Kelsey doesn't understand. Remember when I kept saying, I don't understand the function of the house? Yeah, all right. Well, when you arrived here, what did you wish for most? Nesta considered watching a few stars whiz past. A friend. Deep down, I wanted a friend. And Amarin says, so you made one. Your power brought the house to life with a silent wish born from loneliness and desperate need. But not only that, then Nesta says, but my power only creates terrible things. The house is good. Okay. Well, and she would say that because she's not been t allowed to believe anything else. Right. And we still don't really negate that. This is, I'm so confused. But my power only creates terrible things. The house is good. Is it? <laughs> the darkness in the pit of the library is the heart of the house. And where is it now? 
It hasn't made an appearance in weeks, but it's still there. I think it's just being managed. Maybe the house's knowledge that I'm aware of it and didn't judge it makes it easier to keep it in check. Okay, now, now Aaron's going to teach us a fucking life lesson. Okay, I, I, right. what are we doing? What are we doing? Because that doesn't make any sense. The house was sentient before Nesta showed up. Right. So none of this makes any sense anyway. I, this doesn't make any fucking sense anyway. Then there was that whole pit in the library, everybody's scared of it except Nesta. Okay, we can use that as like, you know, an analogy or like a sign or like whatever, but we can't suddenly invent that like that is the heart of the house and it only exists to teach Nesta a lesson. Then why was it there before Nesta even existed as Faye? That doesn't make any sense. No, I agree. What? Okay. (sighs) Okay, and then Amran, of all fucking people, is going to teach us a life lesson. That's the key, isn't it? To know the darkness will always remain, but how you choose to face it, handle it, that's the important part. To not let it consume. To focus upon the good, the things that fill you with wonder. The struggle with the darkness is worth it just to see such things. Gesturing to the stars whizzing by. Okay, that's lovely. Amran, could you fucking try it? Yeah. I agree. What? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am so fucking mind blown. Anyway. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. We're almost to the end. Okay. Yeah. That- you. And for those of you that can watch this, the the expression yeah. on Kelsey's face is awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just and I oh. it takes a lot to make me like speechless. You know, I laugh about mm. everything because life is what man, I've been quoting the Princess Bride up a storm lately. Uh it's a stupid fucking not Hallmark Netflix movie I watched with yeah, anyway. Um yeah, I I was about to say, like, you know, uh, life is pain, you know, I uh, like, so I laugh through all of the bullshit, because for me, it's a lot easier to be like, that's dumb, than to be upset about that's dumb, you know, uh, yeah. because so no, much I is can... dumb, so much is dumb. Yeah. In the world, so much is dumb. So uh, I can laugh or cry. So I try to laugh about most of it. But today I am just fucking speechless, because... I, maybe, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just, I cannot understand what we're doing other than setting up what's going to happen at the end of this section so that like part four can happen. But I'm just not convinced that there wasn't a better way to do all of these things. I agree. And it's like, I'm not trying to be critical because like, I love these books. I love this world. I love Sarah J. Mass. She's the writer. She can do whatever she wants. But on Mm. the other hand, if you're going to have a whole podcast about an entire book and you're going to break it down into four chapter sections, then uh, you're going to be critical at some point. And this is just not a particularly well-written section, in my opinion. Definitely has some holes. Like, and don't even get me started. I'm still... I mean, you know, it's taken us forever to record these episodes, and for that we apologize, but I am still now, like, weeks later, 
still trying to understand what the fuck would just happen with Eris. <laughs> yeah. Like, we've just not, like, acknowledged that, like, basically at all. And our, Two months have gone by. Two months have gone by. We learned that last chapter. Two fucking months have gone by. Two and a half at this point. What does Eris think he's doing? See what I'm saying about, like, and, and like I said, maybe that's the actor thing in me where I constantly try to, like, shift perspective. And I'm like, okay, well, if I was Lucian, if I was more, if I was... Okay, what? What does Eris think is happening? Does he still yeah. think that his marriage proposal is just hanging out on Reese's desk? I don't like what does he think is happening? I don't know. Okay, anyway, that aside, going back to, you know, life is pain, and apparently, you know, I laugh at it, and apparently Amrin uh, has life lessons. Uh, doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Uh, she decides that, you know, how you deal with it is, uh, you know, the, the important part. And, uh, you know, pretty shit like Starfall is what makes life worth living. Oh, yeah, and that too, meaning, like, you know, the lovely little look that Cassian's giving Nesta. So, okay, that's great. Um, and we do get a, a lovely line that should come from not Amran. <laughs> but the High Lord. Yeah. Or, or High Lady. Yeah, High Lady. It could have come from Feyre and it would have been really great. Um, but no, it's fucking Amran. Welcome back to the Night Court, Nesta Archeron. The fuck? Yeah. Okay. It's the end of the chapter. It's fine. Everything is fine. God, we will get through this. It's going to be okay. Um, all downhill from here, guys. Uh, literally, it just keeps getting worse. Uh, it does. Chapter Okay. Um, this is that why I. This is why now that I've looked at at the the Celtic Wheel of the yeah. Year. This makes sense, because now it says this chapter opens with Spring Dawned on Valaris. Yeah, so spring, okay, well, thank God on. thank God for this line, because this is what I've been thinking for I'm, tr I'm looking at my <laughs> my book is over here, my board of notes uh, about, like, when we record and the chapter chunks is over here, and uh, I'm just thinking about how I've been thinking this for, like, three episodes now, so I'm glad we at least acknowledge it. They had made it through winter with no movement from Briallon or Baron, no armies unleashing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, so, uh, I, not to, you know, like, side with the fucking bad guys, but, uh, so yeah, with, what does Briallen think the plan is? What does Baron think the plan is? Why have they just been sitting for months? Months! Because we know, because we got that weird little flash with Briallen, which now feels like a million years ago, but it wasn't that long ago, back at the prison where she was basically like, I see like, what was the point of yeah. that if we then did nothing? I, you know, I don't know. Unless Brienne was like, fine, so she has this. But Brienne knows she has the harp and the mask. Right, I don't fucking know. It's okay. She has it's to know that. I don't fucking know. I, like I said, I don't understand anything. So, Kim, just skip down to the next sentence that you know I highlighted because I know it's going to come back later. Uh <laughs> I may be stupid, but at least I know this. 
Oh, what about the rare red star blasting across <laughs> the sky one day? An ill omen? Yeah. No, that's gonna Cass- bite us in the ass. <laughs> Cassian reported that even Reese had been rattled by it, seemingly unusually con- contemplative. There we go. Afterward, Nessa suspected that the omen wasn't the only thing contributing to Reese's solemnity. Pharaoh was only two months from giving birth, and they still do nothing about how to save her. Here we go. Yeah. So this bitch been pregnant forever. Um, someday I'm going to go through this book and I'm going to do the search in the book for the word weeks and months. And we're going to talk about how this year somehow has not 52 weeks, but like 108 in it. Um, <laughs> like, I know that all of our holidays are hitting, like, correct seasonage. And that, like, yeah, if you go, okay, well, two months from now, like, May, if you call this baby, like, a May baby and you work backwards, then yes, then this book starts in the fall. But we all know that doesn't then she has to stop saying that X, Y, Z, like, like that Cassian can't keep leaving for weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. And then we say that not a month has passed. If he's gone for two or three weeks and then we keep training, then a month has passed. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> anyway, um, that's the hill I'm going to die on, but whatever. Um, yep, she's still fucking pregnant. <sighs> the blood writes a few days from now. Uh, I don't. I mean, like, I (laughs) I feel like such an idiot talking about this section. I know why we're bringing it up, because it's going to matter. But on the other hand, if you think about this from a, like, perspective of, like, I'm just a person living a life in Valaris, then this sentence makes no fucking sense. Perhaps the blood rite, which Cassian had told her was only a few days away, had started as just that, a way to introduce young Illyrian warriors to killing in a contained environment, a stepping stone to the full mercilessness of battle. Okay. Yep. Uh huh. It seems weird to just be like, which is only a few days away. Like, why did we do the qualifier two months ago then? Anyway, I don't fucking know. I, whatever. It's fine. I just am feeling weird about this whole timeline. It's okay. Um, then this sentence is also. Well, all of a sudden, they get the summons from Eris. Are we going to talk about this overly dramatic sense? <laughs> when Nesta's first foray into merciless battle came in the form of a letter, an impatient, demanding letter that requested her presence immediately, and Cassian's, and it's Eris. Like, can you blame the guy? Okay, like, legit. Like, literally, no. Okay? I don't care. It's been, what, three months? Four months? <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I'm convinced at this point that Eris exists. I'm now, (laughs) I am fully convinced that Eris and Lucian only exist to be like, what the fuck to the main characters. I am now convinced that that was Lucian's entire point of existence back in Akatar was to be like, that guy, Tamlin, what the fuck? The stupid shit with the wolves, what the fuck? Feyre, you're a human, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) that was the only point of Lucian. And now that the only point of Eris is to be like, hey, what are we doing? What are we doing? I propose, you say nothing. Then 
You just sit for like three fucking months and supposedly a war is going to break down except my dad's just sitting on his ass. Sure. I mean, we don't know. <laughs> Whatever. So he calls this meet. Okay, right. So he calls this emergency meeting to say a bunch of nothing. But, like, also, I would be frustrated, too, so I understand. Calls this meeting, Sacred Mountain, the mountain under which Feyre, Reese, and all of the other High Lords have been trapped by Amarantha. Yep. We show up. We have this weird side tangent about, you know, Eris is like, hey, Nesta, welcome to the mountain. And she's like, why the fuck is this mountain sacred? And... Literally, we get the dumbest answer I've ever heard, <laughs> which is a non-answer. Uh, there are three of them, you know, Sister Peaks. This one, the mountain called the prison, and the one the Illyrian brutes call Ramiel. All bald, barren, mountains at, odd, at odds with those around them. And then Cassian's like, we didn't come for a history lesson. And I'm like, that is the most useless piece of history I've ever heard. That did not answer the question. I still don't understand why we care. It will become apparent, but... Not in this book, even. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, we're You see what I mean, though, about how this all just feels so wacky? It's like these... It's... 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 Ah, it's almost like... What is that? It's like kind of like Uncanny Valley or something. It's like... It's like all of these characters and these plot points, like, sort of make sense, but they're uncomfortable for no known reason. I agree. Anyway, whatever. So, <laughs> we're not here for a history lesson. Uh, and Nesta's like, shut up, I want to know what he has to say. And then Eris is like, oh, well, I have nothing to say. We don't know why they exist. Uh, but they all have, like, shit carved into them underneath. Uh, they're all, like, an underground palace or whatever. And Cassian's like, well, I wouldn't call the prison a palace. It's just got fucking, like, inmates in it. Yeah, and Eris... Yeah. And Eris is just like, you know, oh, well, that's just because, like, you're a brute and you've never, you know, stupid Illyrians don't know shit and don't look at shit and I don't know. It doesn't really make any sense. Nesta points out, well, like, didn't Amarantha make the Under the Mountain court thing? And isn't it, like, based off of the Court of Nightmares? And, like, Eris is like, well, yeah, sort of, but, like, it's not like she carved it out. She just, like, moved in and decorated. And... Cassian points out again, like I told you, I don't want any more of this history. You said, like, we needed to meet now. What's the deal? Right. Like, Which is what we all want to know. Right. Apparently, Baron's gone to the continent. Yeah. And we're like, okay. <laughs> Shouldn't Azriel know this? You would think. Anyway, this just feels like he has nothing to report. He's like, my father went to the continent again last week. He came back seemingly normal. He's not, like, all whack-ass like the soldiers were before. Right. Um, he didn't invite me to go with him, uh, which is fine, I guess. But, like, he didn't tell me why he went either, so I have nothing to say. And it, the line is, it's like, I can only assume that the fallout is approaching, though, and wanted to warn you. It was not something I could risk putting in writing. But for now, it seems as if the world is holding its breath. And this is the part that just makes me want to punch everyone. Yeah, think. 
For what? Nesta asked. For you to find the heart. <laughs> and this is the part where they're like, I can imagine like the cartoon, like, blink, blink sound, where they're like, just staring yes. at Aerith, blink, blink. And he's like, you have the heart. And they're like, mm. and Oops. Cassian, yeah. What does Cassian say? He's like, does oh, does it make a difference? Cassian. I know you hate this guy. I know he, like, made moves on your girl and shit. Except she wasn't your girl at the time. I mean, we knew she should have been your girl at the time, but you hadn't fucking said nothing. So, like, Being shut stupid. up. <laughs> I get it. He, like, made moves on your girl and shit. Um, but, like, he's your ally. What? Why? Or what are we doing? Anyway, yeah. Does it make a difference? <laughs> Eris says a very valid response. The Night Court possesses two objects of the Trove? I'd say yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Kind of important, you know? I mean... Yeah. And then it's like, what? So you guys are biding your time to learn all its secrets? To which I love Nesta's response. She's like, that's absurd. What do we have to gain? Uh, but Eris has a fair... And this is why, like, I can't fault Eris. And this is why, and I've said nope. this before in this book, where it's like, I'm not turning on the inner circle. I'm not saying they're bad guys. But sometimes they fucking, like, you walk like a duck and you talk like a... You quack like a duck, you're a duck. You know what I mean? And it's like, yep. they are fucking around and they're not treating their allies the way that they should. And now they're about to act shocked when their allies are not trusting them either. Because he's really? like... Well, yeah, because yeah. he's like, well, what did the King of Highborn have to gain by attaining the cauldron and invading our lands? Like, what was his fucking endgame? Hey, and of course, Cassian's response is, we have no interest in conquest. You know that. But does he? Right. Really? Yeah. And so he says, and again, I think he's being nicer than I would have been. If I was Eris, I'd be like, oh, you take me to Reese and you take me to Reese right now because I have some yelling to do. Like, what the fuck? Uh, so he says, I find myself not entirely comfortable with your court possessing two items in the trove, especially when you have so many other weapons in your arsenal. And he's meaning Nesta, but Nesta. all of them. Reese is the most powerful High Lord. Feyre has powers like nobody understands. Nesta is something. Like, yeah, that's a lot. I mean, yeah, they can't act like the whole, like, like, I'm a little surprised that, like, Helian, and again, maybe we, maybe this did happen, and, like, we don't know, because it's been from Nesta's perspective, and Nesta got fucking shipped off to the house. Uh, right. I feel like Helion at some point should, like, I could totally see Helion showing up and being like, yo, Reese, I just want you to know that from an outsider's perspective, like, I have no problem with you personally, but feeling some kind of way, you know, because, like, you had the bad boy reputation where you were the fucking bad guy for, like, hundreds of years, um, and then we had to decide you weren't, um, the bad guy. And we all like worked together and that was nice and stuff. But then you've been like I... real fucking cagey ever since. Um, yeah. People are feeling some sort of way. Just a little. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So Eris is feeling some sort of way. 
And Cassian's only defense is, like, Reese has his own plans. Like, you know, I, I don't really know them all. You can't expect us to tell you. <laughs> Except he can. But I assure you, it has nothing to do with using the trove. And it's like, really? Can you? Can you? Because Reese does some whack-ass shit without- uh, You got a whole high lady without him running it by you first. And then telling you that when she runs off to infiltrate Tamlin's court. Yeah. Like, you got a whole ass high lady doing, like, fucking uh, covert ops without anybody running that shit by you first. So, like, are you sure? Actually, like, my thought process is more like, this man is unhinged. This man would literally, like, collect all the items in the trove just to fix his birthing wife. You know what I mean? Like, and not fucking tell you. I agree. And I, I would, I'm not even I'm not even saying that from a place of like fuck that guy. Like I wouldn't even be mad. I get it. But my point is, is like, man, they let Reese have like a lot of space to a lot of janky shit. I agree. Anyway, uh, obviously, Eris is still not having it. He's like, so I guess you're going after the crown now. And Cassian's like, oh, we'll tell you what you need to know when you need to know it. And I'm like, that is not. <sighs> That is not how having allies works. <sighs> Eris is like, well, you're an idiot. I do not recommend going after Brie Allen. I really don't know what to say other than don't fucking do that. And Cassian's like, leave the heroics to the brutes. I wouldn't want you to risk hurting your pretty hands or some shit like that, which apparently like hurts Eris's feelings, which is mind blowing to me because... Yeah, I don't think Eris cares. I'm surprised he gives a fuck, fine fuck what Cassian has to say. Other than, other than, unless going back to this whole Eris proposing to Nesta thing, I was right where I said, do we think he actually liked her? Yeah. And so maybe it's only bothering him because it's like, God, she picked him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that is part of this. I she do. Picked I think this and, and like she that. picked, yeah, like she picked this big brute of an idiot. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I totally think it's there. Which, again, in Eris's defense, it's not like he's ever seen Cassian on a good day. Fair. Like. Cassian always acts like this, which, like, again, not blaming Cassian. Cassian has his reasons why he acts like this, but it's not like Eris can be like, yeah, he's Cassian. He's such a trustworthy, nice guy. Like, you know what I mean? No! Like, he shows up and he's a big fucking brute who usually has nothing useful to say. I agree. Anyway. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Christ. On a cracker. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it, there's that. It really boils down to Eris being like, no, really, don't fucking go after the crown. You're going to threaten to expose all of us if you go to the for the fucking crown, okay? Right. Like, I know you don't like me, but I am your ally, and I know shit, okay? Like, don't do it. Right. But his logic is sound, because he's like, don't do it. Because if you fail, you risk Braille and trying to use the crown on you. And then revealing where the other two objects of the trove are. Yeah. Fair. 
But all Cassian has to say is, we'll see. And that's because none of this ever crossed his mind. Like, let's be real. And we have our own ways to protect ourselves against the crown. To which... Right. Then this makes me also want to, like... If I didn't want to throat punch people before, now is the moment. Nesta hid her surprise. The weapons she made shielded against the trove. No one had told her such a thing. Getting real tired of people not telling Nesta shit. Yeah. They're really lucky she she doesn't try to revolt on her own, seriously. Yeah. And then, I don't, again, I don't fucking blame Eris. Like, I've said this a hundred times. Like, you want to get a bad guy? This is how you get a bad guy. Yeah. Has this been the plan the whole time? To string me along, make me an enemy of my father, and then use the trove against all of us? Yeah, sort of feeling that way, isn't it? Uh, then we get this weird back and forth between Cassian and Eris where he's like, nah, like, you fucked up with your dad on your own, like, I hope he does find out and rips you to shreds. And Eris is basically like, I'm sorry, are you threatening me? Like, what? And Cassian doesn't say he's not. Uh, and Eris just then turns his attention to Nesta and does bring up the fucking elephant in the room and is like, and my offer to you? After almost four fucking months? Do you have a response? Did it? Well, you know, if I was Eris, I would have been. This is why I'm a bitch. If I, <laughs> I was Eris, because remember, he did not propose to her. He proposed to Reese on, like, he asked Reese to marry, like, if he could marry her. Which if makes I, zero sense. Well, uh, yes and no. Yeah, I mean, it makes zero sense because, like, what? But on the other hand, he was doing, like, the courtly thing, quote-unquote, and also, like, making sure that that would strengthen the allies instead of, you know, like, impede it, I guess. So, anyway, the point is, is if I was Eris in this moment, my question wouldn't have been, and my offer for you. My question would have been, and my offer for you, or did this fucking group of people even bother to tell you? Because clearly, they don't tell you anything. And had I realized that four months ago, I would have just asked you directly. But I thought we were all on the same team, and that you all spoke to each other. But it has since come to my attention that they don't trust you with shit. And now I don't trust any of you with shit. Exactly. (laughs) Nesta just fucking uh, fans the flames. I suppose once we have the crown in our hands, the night court won't need you after all. Neither will I. Oh my god. Yeah. I do not appreciate being toyed with Nesta Archeron. My offer was sincere. Stay with the Night Court and you risk your ruin. Uh, Cassian just quips back like, you try to fuck us over and we'll fuck you up, basically. And uh, finally, Eris basically does say, he says the courtly version of what I just said, which is, it's your lives you gamble with, not mine. So what if the world loses another brute to war? Good riddance. I, like, I, 
The thing is, is like, I want to be mad. Like, I want to like, be like, yeah, Cassian, you ripped this guy up. Like, I want to feel that way. But instead, I'm just right. like, nah, y'all fucked up so hard with Eris and his allyship. Like, uh, this, he's your ally. This is your guy. You I fucked know. up so bad. I don't know. Anyway. I mean, like, I'm looking at it. It's funny, because your eyes go this way, and I'm constantly looking down. So if anybody's yeah. watching it, it's because I'm literally Yeah, you're looking, looking at, at my, your, I'm looking down. at my other screen, yeah. I don't have it on a screen, so. um, You know, and then it, Cassie's response is, is to sweep her up in his arms and just fly off, and they take off to go back to the night court. And this whole exchange is just weird because Ness is like, you did well. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I pretended I was you. I think I got the I will slay my enemies look down, didn't I? And I'm like, the fuck? Yeah. So again, this feels so weird because like, I love the idea of this i love the idea that like cassian is like coming into his own and he can hold his own verbally in a meeting and he feels like he knows what he's talking about and that nest right. is like yeah that's my man like i love the idea of that but that's not what fucking happened you just yeah. fucked up your only ally you only have the one. And I mean, I know that, like, technically we have, like, Helion and all these other fuckers, but they've all pretty much said that if push comes to shove, they ain't coming. Like, they ain't playing this. I don't this. know about that. No, but they're definitely they having well, questions. I'm thinking back to, like, everything Helion's basically said, where he's just like, mm -hmm. like, yeah, you do that, my dude. Like, mm-hmm. Like, I don't think Helian's really behind this. And I'm not really thinking Kalias or however you... I never know where to put the emphasis Kalias. on his name. Uh, I don't know how he's feeling with a pregnant wife at home. I don't think he's going to be like, oh, yeah, let's go to war again for some shit that has nothing to do with me again. Like... I don't know. And I don't think we ever repaired anything with Tarquin. And I... Tamlin is still a fucking dog. And... <laughs> Like, Eris is all you've got. I don't... I don't understand. Don't understand. But whatever. We get a snowflake. They went flying for a few hours. That's nice for them, I guess. And then they land to walk and have the world's dumbest fucking fight. Yeah. Sorry, I'm like trying to gear myself up for this. <sighs> okay. They are like, wasn't that fun? We did so good with Eris. Didn't you like when I told him off? And Nesta's like, yeah. And Cassian's like, would you prefer me to be a verbal asshole forever? And Nesta was like, I'm in there forever, but maybe ever a time we talk to Eris. I don't know. I, I, they were, I don't know. Somehow they managed to make that sexy. I don't fucking understand. Uh, then he's like trying to like give her a kiss or something. Is that even what he does? Yeah. He gives her a quick kiss, but it's in public. I said they were walking. And she's like, hey, people are watching, which 
this also makes me just want to like deck people because like people are going to have their feels about stuff. Some people like PDA. Some people don't. Some people are okay with like holding hands, but like, don't fucking kiss me. Like, yeah. Like I'm a hugger. Like I, yeah. Give me a, give hold my hand. Give me a hug. Both of us. Yeah. I'm a hugger, but like also though, like, no, if I'm out in public, like with people, particularly people I know actually I think it's weirder like in in, when you're like walking through a parking lot who gives a fuck you're never gonna see those people again and you don't know them but like for me like you know for example like if it's if I'm in a room full of people that like I know like say I'm doing a show or you know like community theater show or something I know most of the people in the room my husband doesn't I don't really want him all over me because I'm the one with the relationships with the people Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like let me talk to my people. It's not about you. It's about me and my people. You know what I mean? You are here, which apparent, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. Um, I just, I don't love the whole like staking my territory thing. I'm not into that. You don't want people to mark your, te- mark their territory. No, I don't get it. And like I said, like hold hands, give a hug, whatever. Fine. You know what I mean? I'm not like, that's all great. Sure. But like, so when she's like, <laughs> people are watching, like, I don't think that's that weird. No. Because she's not saying she doesn't want to be seen with him at all. She's just like, eh, that's weird. Like, don't do, uh, I don't like that. And he's like, I don't care. I have nothing to hide with you. I want them to know. This is the fucking weirdest line. This is where I would have been like, and you gave me the ick. Like, and I would have literally like said that if my husband said this out loud, I'd have been like, you gave me the ick. Why did you say it like that? He says, I have nothing to hide with you. I want them to know we share a bed. Are you just going to fucking do it on the street? Uh, yeah. I don't understand because even if you give her a kiss, that's not what that means, my dude. No, I agree. So fucking weird. Um, and she very. <laughs> she kind of says, and I guess I go back to like, I guess I am Nesta. I guess this whole time where I've been like, maybe I just identify. I guess I do identify with Nesta because I sort of get what she's saying. What I just said is kind of a version of what she says here, which is like, well, like that, you know, okay, that's great. I love you too, man. But um, does it undermine my image as a warrior to be with you? Like, like I want to stand on my own two feet. Like I've made a right. lot of progress. I have become like a whole fucking person. I don't want it to be like, oh, that's Cassian's girlfriend. Like, you know what I mean? And and no, that's I fair. Care. That's fucking fair. And his response, I, again, and I'm not. I'm his response. People. Here we go. Yeah, his response isn't. Te- I don't. His response isn't terrible. He just should have seen that this was apples and oranges. No, does it undermine Feyre's when she's seen with Reese? Well, no, because she's fucking high lady, dude. Yeah. Like, but that's what the king and the... queen do has nothing to do with what the peasants do. But that's not even how Nesta answers it, which makes it even worse. Yeah, and then she fucking steps in it. And, like, in fairness, again, like, I guess I do identify with Nesta. I... <sighs> I sort of see where she was going with this. I just would have shut up at some point in the middle and been like, we'll fucking talk about this later. Um. But she doesn't do that because she thinks they're going to be on the same page. And I don't know why she thought that. But also, I this whole thing is a fucking nightmare. It's different yeah. for them. Why? <laughs> because, because they're, they're mates. mates. Nesta. What? 
What? What? Yeah. Okay. And we're not. I don't know who to be mad at. Hear me out. I don't know who to be mad at. Because on one hand, I want to be like, Nesta, are you a fucking idiot? Are you just like the dumbest person to walk the planet? Um, but then again, devil's advocate here. Um, remember when we read the Matey Mate chapter and I said, uh, does she know? And we were like, I'm not, I think she knows, but I'm, it doesn't explicitly say she knows. I'm not saying she doesn't know, but what I am saying is devil's advocate, this is all Cassian's fault because he never clarified it for her at that time. Exactly. He is the fae, not her. Like, I mean, she is now, but she's been one for the 10 minutes. Like, remember how we had a whole soup conversation between Feyre yeah. and Reese, where we had to, like, explain shit, and Feyre was like, mm, uh-huh, okay, mm-hmm, I understand, and I consent to this, here's your fucking soup, sir. Like, remember how we, like, got a whole yeah. play-by-play of, like, what mates are and how that works out, and, like, how we don't think nobody, anybody's ever said any of that to Nesta? She doesn't know, she's never officially accepted it. Because she right. probably doesn't totally get it and understand it. And right. and Cassian's made some assumptions. Because uh, he's like, because they're mates and you don't want us to be. And her her response makes sense to me, considering how she was raised. Right? Yes. Because she says, that word means nothing to me. It means something to all of you. But for most of my life, husband and wife was as good as it got. Mate is just a word. And he gets mad and he's just like, well, that's bullshit. Yeah. I, and I get what she's saying too. Okay. And I get what she's saying too. Because like, I am married. But I fully admit, like, my husband has a way different thought process on getting married than I did, which was, to me, it was like the best way to file your taxes and if one of us is in the hospital, the other one gets to go. And, you know, it makes it a lot easier if you're going to have children, you know, and like buying a house. And, uh, you know, if you get divorced, like shit happens, is my outlook. And like, he had a much uh, like more complicated outlook on that than I did. Uh, But like, yeah, like, I understand what she's saying, because I sort of feel that way in general about, like, you could have two people live together and have children and never get married, and I don't think any less of their relationship, because you have married people right. all the time who fucking get divorced, you know what I mean? Right. And so, like, to me, she's right, like, mate's just a fucking word, like, I, we, Kim, we don't even know, okay? We have been told in this universe that you can reject a mating bond. Could you reject it after you accepted it? I don't know. I guess that seems pretty weird, but I don't guess it's impossible. Fair. Arguably, know. arguably, don't Reese's parents sort of fit into that? Where, like, they were mates and they were married, but they didn't fucking like each other. They hated each other. Well, so did Tamlin's parents. So, why does this matter? Doesn't prove a lot. 
I agree. So, like, I, again, like, okay, like, I, I blame her a little bit because, like, I blame, I blame Nesta in this fight as it goes forward, basically because she didn't keep her mouth shut. She knew this was going to upset him, and she said it anyway. Right. Um. But that's all I blame her for, because actually, like, her outlook is not wrong. She's allowed to have her opinion. She's actually not being particularly mean about it. She is explaining herself as best she can in this moment. Right. I actually don't blame her. This is more a Cassian problem. Well, some of it's her. (laughs) Some of it's her. Because he's like, you know, why are you frightened? What spooked you? And, you know, just being seen in public with me like this. And her internal monologue is, yes, having him kiss her and realizing that soon she'd have to return to this world humming around them and leave the house. And she didn't know what she would do then, what it would mean for them if she would plunge back into that dark space she'd occupied before and drag him down with her. Right. But what is she supposed to, I mean, I don't know. I'm sorry. What is she supposed to, how is she supposed to explain that to him right now in the middle of the street when he opened the can of worms? I would not be having this conversation out in public. Well, not only that, but like, seemingly out of the blue he kissed her in public and she said basically i don't like it he could have also just respected that and been like oh okay my bad you know what i mean like i'm sorry this is mostly him because he could have just fucking not you know what i mean like if she was like okay but that's weird let's not do that like yeah she's just not comfortable with a lot of pda cool Right. He could have just been like, oh, okay. Instead, he had to say that weird fucking thing about like, well, I want all the strangers on the street to know we're fucking. Like, that was weird. That was a weird thing to say. And she's now holding her tongue because she's like, she doesn't want to pick the fight that now he's upset and itching for. Right. Right. So that's why I'm saying, I guess that's why I'm saying I don't blame her as much because like, what is she supposed to say at this point? At this point, he just wants to be mad. Now he's mad because she isn't feeling the same that he is which is right stupid yeah i mean i get what you're saying my only thought is she is to blame only because she is scared and she hasn't had that conversation with him now i don't disagree that this is the wrong place but also why would she have had this conversation with him when this fucking man after they made he made it left for a week right what is there to say and then it comes up Right here. Yeah. This knew why I vanished for nearly a week after solstice. Why I suddenly had to do an inspection right after the holiday. And he's like, because I woke up the next morning and all I wanted to do was fuck you for a week straight. And I knew what that meant. What had happened, even though you didn't. And I didn't want to scare you. You weren't ready for the truth. Not yet. But now in the middle of the street, she is. Yeah. Now we're upset. This is why I'm saying this is like his fault. Like I I I get why he's upset. I get that like it's sort of like the resituation right now with like Feyre's pregnancy. I'm not saying Cassian can't be upset. I'm not saying that this hasn't been a lot for Cassian to deal with. Like that's not Yeah, like that's not what's up for debate. What's up for debate is like why did he think that like if his claim is I knew and I knew you didn't know and I didn't want to tell you, then why are you telling her now? Right. In the middle of the street. 
for the public audience to watch. Like, can we, like, also, like, this would make a lot more sense from a man who didn't know the favorite and Reese story. Like, we know how poorly Feyre took the news from one singular source in front of nobody. Exactly. Why did you think this was better? Like, it's like you want to like it because you want to like this whole thing he's saying where he's like, say it. And she's like, nope. And he's like, say it. Say what I've guessed from the moment we met. What I knew the first time I kissed you. What became unbreakable between us on Solstice Night. Like, he's like, I am your mate for fuck's sake. Like, you're my mate. Why, like, you know, why are you still fighting it? Okay, I want to like that. I want to. <laughs> but he's doing that in public. I want to like that, except he's screaming at her in public. And also, we. <laughs> I don't know. Lucian's holding it better together better than this. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Fair. Uh, what? What is happening? Like, in a world where, like, nobody ever gets rejected by their mate, he could have a point. <laughs> but in a world where that happens, <gasps> what is he thinking? Well, and not only that, he's like, you promised me forever in Solstice. Why is one word somehow throwing you off that? And her Why? answer makes sense. Right, but also, right. Because with that one word, the last of my humanity goes away. With that one stupid word, I am no longer human in any way. I am one of you. Okay, that's a whole separate side tangent. Issue. Like, that's a whole separate thing she needs to work out in therapy, which is completely fair. Absolutely. My question is, so he, <laughs> he is mad because she doesn't want to use the word mate, except she could flip the script and be like, I'm sorry, I promised you forever. So why is the word forever not as good as mate? Exactly. Like, she, what do you mean she's caught up on a word? My guy, you're caught up on a word. Mm -hmm. We're at an impasse. Yeah, it's a word. Fuck me. <sighs> and then he's all, I thought you wanted to be one of us, and I really want to be like, what? Where? Where in three goddamn books did that happen? What yeah. made you think that? She didn't want to be because one of you. Because she she's finally to be a resolved. <laughs> because she's finally resolved because she's a Valkyrie now. Right. But, like, again, clarification. She didn't want to be one of you. She wants to be one of me. And he's like, she's like, I don't know what I want. I don't have a choice. And this like, fucking she man. she was forced into the fucking cauldron. Right. This fucking man. The minute I read this, I was like, I we're fucked. We're just fucked. Like, we're never coming back from this. Well, I didn't have a choice in being shackled to you either. Oh, Cassian. Did you have to? <laughs> did did you have to? Like, uh. So now we're going to have a spiral. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he immediately tries to backtrack and she's like, no, 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 because you fucking mean it. And he's like, no, 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 I don't. And she's like, yes, you do. Because that's exactly what your friends would say, right? Like, I'm not stupid. Like, I have eyes and I see how they treat me. And I know that they've warned you not to, like, be with me and all this shit. So, like, you do mean it. You do mean it. It's a little bit that moment in Pride and Prejudice with Darcy's fucking proposal where he says, against my better judgment. And Lizzie's like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Love that for me. No. <laughs> this is very Pride and prejudice It really yes. is. This little moment. And I just, I think that's why I get so frustrated because I wanted to smack the snot out of Darcy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You read the Darcy proposal and you think like, my guy, did you run this by, I don't know, anyone before you decided to say all that bullshit? And the answer is literally no, because then later, like when he proposes again, that's like kind of the difference, right? Like he kind of realized why he sounded like an idiot. He's like run it by some other fucking dudes and he's tried to make amends in the meantime. God, Cassian has a lot to do in, we are at 85% of the book. Boy, this man has a lot to do in 15% of the book. Yeah. Fuck me. Okay. He's still trying to backtrack. She is like losing. She is like falling apart. So, and I kind of forgot this was a thing. She says, I'm calling in my favor. And he's like, fuck, don't do it. And she's like, I want you to leave. Go up to the house of wind for the night. Do not speak to me until I come talk to you or until a week has passed. Whichever comes first, I don't care. And then he's all like, gonna say something gonna like go for her but then he literally like can't because you know bargain shit and um she tells him to go away and he's trying to fight against it but he can't and he leaves um i want to be like like when i read the first time i was more on the fence where i was like this is sort of both of their fault because like she didn't have to fucking end the fight this way Mm -hmm. however I give her credit for giving him an out. Do you not speak to me until I come talk to you would have been the end of my sentence. Right. Or until a week has passed. Okay, a week's not that long. You went and fucking inspected some fucking shit for five days, so I think you can wait seven. I agree. Also, you're immortal, basically, so you got fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and with that, her tattoo goes fizzle, 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 goodbye. And we get a snowflake. I'm so tired, Kim. I'm so tired of these people. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you want to tell everybody what you told me after reading this? Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. This was about the time I texted you, right? You're right. This was about the time I texted you, I think, and I said I'm so fucking tired of these people. Oh, and I think I said it about Asriel, too, uh, with the bonus chapter, where I was like, I am so fucking tired of these people. I am just ready, like, I am ready to go back to reading Crescent City, where, like, people just, like, shoot people for saying dumb shit. Like, I feel like Bryce, Bryce would not have let Hunt walk away alive. No. He'd be dead. (laughs) He'd be sucked up by a vacuum. Yes. 
Yes. I, I, you know what? Like, you know how I felt about that book. And I am ready to go back to a book where we mind our fucking business, kill our enemies, and suck them up in the vacuum like it's Tuesday. Like... <laughs> Uh, also, in the background, you can now hear my cat, like, trying to break out of her. She has her own room, and we close her in there at night, because otherwise she, like, eats everything. And you can hear her trying to bust out, because she thinks I'm, like, dying, because I started yelling. Uh, so, here we go. Mine, mine are, are not, yeah, mine are. I guarantee you open up the door, and they'll both be sitting there. Yeah. So I'm going to go shut up a cat. You're going to talk about oh, uh, the aftermath. I'll be right back. Okie dokie. So we do get a snowflake. And on the other side of said snowflake, it literally starts that it's Emery was at her kitchen table when Nesta appeared at the back door. Moore had winnowed her here without a question, without so much as a glance of disapproval. Nesta had been beyond caring about it, though, was only grateful the female had appeared, likely sent by Cassian. She didn't care about that either. Nesta made it two steps into Emery's shop before she collapsed and cried. All right. Yeah. This this is the more that I love. Yeah. This is this is the more that I'm like, where the hell have you been, bitch? Yes. And I love the parallel to when Feyre couldn't handle the mate conversation with Reese. Yep. And more took her away. Yeah. And that's and what more did here. More takes her away to find her someone who can yeah. Help her feel better. Moore knows Emery is part of her people and knows, you know, and then, because the thing is, is that we'll find out that Gwen's there. And Moore brought Gwen. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, and I love that too. I, it's interesting to me because of how it's presented, which is Nesta's thought process is Cassian must have sent her. And mm -hmm. I don't know if he did as much as he just right. told her what happened and she voluntarily said, like, let me go check on her real quick. You know what I mean? Yep. Because she remembers what happened with Feyre. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. and she and because she kind of was that person for Feyre, like not right yep. away. She took Feyre and then she said, like, I'll come back in a couple of days or whatever. And then she I did. And they had like that. their girl sleepover painting night or whatever. You know what I mean? So like, mm -hmm. I think that's why she's like, I'm not that person for Nesta, but I can make sure that Nesta gets to her people. Exactly. And gets her people to her. And she yeah. does. She brings Gwyn to her. Yeah. And as soon as, as she realizes Nesta's safe with Gwen and Emery, Moore just kind of nods and disappears again. She's gone. But what yeah. that takes from Moore, because remember, up to this book, we know for a fact, yeah. Moore doesn't like Nesta. Yeah, for at sure. At all. So in the bit where they started training for the dancing, I want to know what the hell happened. Right. 
because something happened to 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 change how they one feel about each other, but two how they interact with one another. And Moore's whole attitude towards her has changed. And I I wanna know what the hell happened. Like yeah, all of a sudden they're friends. Like yeah. they will never be the friends that Moore and Kira sure. are. Sure. But they're friends now yeah. to a degree. And yeah. I think where Nesta may not totally agree with that, Moore would be like, No, we're friends. I've got yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Being a dumb fuck, and I've got you, girl. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's probably some aspect to that, too, where Moore probably is going, I have known this man for blah blah hundreds of years or whatever, and, like, he's never not fucking put his foot in his mouth. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. probably some aspect there, too, where Moore is like, Hey, Cassie, and I know you just told me this whole fucking story, but I also know you, and yeah, you can say some stupid shit, so. <laughs> Whack. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I'm hoping is she's the smart one and goes and knocks some sense into his head, knocks him upside the head. For real. Uh, but we don't know. Instead, we're with Nesta, who cries it out like she should, and they have some dinner and some dessert, and she's got her girls, and she's thinking a little bit more clear-headed as she goes to bed. She's thinking, you know, all right, all right, I'll talk to him tomorrow. I'm safe. I'm with my friends. I can just, like, I need to have tonight. Tomorrow I can deal with this. Uh, you know, I'll explain to him, like, why I was, like, stressed out about the whole thing. And we can talk about, like, our future. And, you know, it'll be okay. Like, I, I will apologize for, like, she's more hung up on I did wrong because I sent him away instead of talking to him. Which is also, I guess, why um, I don't blame her as much. Because, like, she comes to that conclusion pretty quickly. Yes, she does. Like, I Thank can't really God. blame her for that. For given how fucked no. he was. Yeah. Um. Oh my god. But then uh she basic she has a come to Jesus moment with herself where she's like, It'll be okay, mm-hmm. we'll be together forever. We are mates. And if I get all depressed and sad again, he'll just help me. I won't bring him down with me. It'll be okay. Cause like we basically she has like a kumbaya moment where she's like, We have friends and family who love us and that's great and all, except when she goes to bed, shit hits the fan real quick. You guys snowflake. Yeah. And a male scent has filled her room. It was a Cassian, Reese, or Azrael. The fuck? And then yep. she says it was full of hate. And Gwen screams. And then something cold and wet presses into her face, burns her nostrils, flame opened her mind, darkness swept in, and she was gone. And that's the end of the chapter. Yup. And, uh, chapter 63 is fucking quick. Um, yes, thank the goodness. aftermath of that. Uh, <laughs> so Ness's bargain had required that he go to the house of wind for the night and that he could speak to her only once she spoke to him or after a week had passed easy enough rules to maneuver around. He had made a mental note to teach her to wor- wor- word her, <laughs> man, I can speak English. <laughs> he made a mental note to teach her to word her bargains a little more cleverly. My guy, this is not what you should be doing with your time. Yeah. Anyway, uh, 
he's like, all right, in the morning, like, I will go to Winhaven. I will, you know, Moore did tell me where she took her. So that's nice, uh, which was, I think, nicer than Moore had been to Reese at first. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was, she was just like, I took her somewhere. You will never find her. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess we've all learned since the last time this fucking happened. Can't believe, you know, it's like if I had a nickel for every time this happened, I'd only have two nickels, but that seems like kind of a lot. Uh, <laughs> I'd say you're batting a thousand. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Um. Anyway, they're like, all right, all right. In the morning, we'll go up there and I will, you know, we'll figure it out. Um. Yeah. So, me and Reese. They go. And uh doing the scenty thing. Uh we smell the nest and Gwen and Emery have been here. Uh ain't here now, I don't think. And uh now we look around and like, sure as shit. They ain't here. Yeah. Uh, I smell something fucking weird though. Uh some male scents. Yeah, some fucking dudes been here. And just like random fucking dudes they brought home from the bar because they mad. Uh, no, this is like stinky, stinky Illyrian man. <laughs> and it's only in the rooms. Like they'd winnowed in, which is fucking weird because stinky Illyrian men can't do that. Except, except one night a year. Kim, when I read this, I literally screenshotted it and sent it to you. And I think I put it in the Discord too, where I was like, I love these books, but I fucking hate when world building is like, they can't do it, except when they can. Egg. <laughs> fucking what? So I'm reading this and I'm like, Ash, you've got to be kidding me. Nope. Yeah. They're not kidding. He's running around the room. He's like, oh, fuck, this is bad news bears. He can tell that there's been a struggle in Nesta's room, but he could tell there's that, blood. like, yup, and he can smell, like, the, basically, the fucking chloroform. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And Emery and Gwen's rooms are in the same situation, and he realizes that, like, this was a message, and says it was a message to the females for thinking themselves warriors, and to him for teaching them, for defying the Illyrians' archaic hierarchies and rules. And Reese comes up to him and says, Devlin just confirmed everything. The blood rite began at midnight, and Gwen, Emery, and Nesta have been snatched from their beds to participate in it. End of chapter. End of section. Okay, my closing thoughts on this are I'm so interested to watch them in the Blood Rite. Don't get me wrong. I knew that they were going to do that because, like I said, spoilers on the internet. I really thought it would have happened earlier in the book. And I really thought it was going to be because they wanted to, not because they were fucking kidnapped. I agree. It just sort of feels like it takes away some of their agency to, like, make them prove it instead of them wanting to prove it. I agree. Which also brings me back to what I was saying at the beginning of this book, which is like, I don't, or saying at the beginning of this uh, episode, I don't really remember what we're fucking doing. Because now this plot point makes Devlin the bad. Do you see what I'm saying? We're at the crux of the book where this should be fighting the big bad. So... Mm -hmm. That 
makes Devlin the big bad, and that doesn't make any sense. That's not what this book is about. Uh-oh. And I know that you said, like, the Brie Allen bullshit will come back, but I'm just saying I, nothing about this. That's weird. Come on. You know that's weird. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Do you know why it doesn't make any sense? Do you know why? This is why. This is why this feels so weird. It's a little like my complaint about Crescent City when I said I got lured in with Lord of the Rings and then you told me it was fucking Star Trek. And it's like that with this. <laughs> you lured me in with Lord of the Rings and then you sidestepped and we're not, not fantasy, but now we're kind of superheroes instead of fucking hobbits. Like... I thought the, like, I thought the, like, okay, going back to Lord of the Rings, like, I thought the journey, like, you know what I mean? Okay. In Lord of the Rings, the journey is like, take the ring, gotta throw it in the pits of fucking Mordor. Like, okay, like, we have a goal, and shit happens, and the team gets broken up, and fuckery ensues, but there's still a main goal to, like, take the thing to the thing, and all of these things that happen, all of these side quests, so to speak, still serve mm -hmm. the main goal. Right. That would be, like, at this point, we've been fucking taking the ring all this time, and then we decided in the last ten minutes that not only you're gonna take the ring there, but when you get there, you're also gonna have to, I don't fucking know, uh, some stupid fucking, like, magical ritual with Gollum for no reason that had not been established for any reason up to this point. Like, you know what I mean? It's a little mm -hmm. bit like if all of a sudden we decided to take the book and just like sometime in two towers be like, and now instead of carrying on with what is happening to the hobbits, we're going to write three novels in between then and now about Gandalf. <laughs> like, <laughs> sort of like we've missed the plot. We lost the plot. Because I don't know, because even Eris just told us we don't know the plot. Like, Eris was like, we don't know what the plan is. And I was like, you right, Eris. We don't know what the plan is. And Eris was like, we don't know what my dad is doing. And we don't know what Brie Allen is doing. And so, like, even if we show up to the blood rite, and in the middle of the blood rite, for no fucking reason that makes any sense, Brie Allen shows up and is like, tee hee hee, I'm the Wicked Witch of the West, and I am here to fuck you up. Like, <laughs> why though? <laughs> Can we make this all come full circle in a few pages? I guess so. Is it the best way? I'm thinking not because I'm looking at this fucking thing and we are on page 647 of 771. So somehow we have to get through the blood right, explain what the fuck the whole point of this barren Brie Allen thing is. Like, what are they doing? I still don't know. Like, we don't know. Like, at this point, Eris's idea of the fucking events where it's actually going to turn out to be Night Court are the bad guys it makes as much sense as anything else, based on the information we have. Uh, it'd be nice if we wrapped up anything with Lucian and the fucking guys over there. Like, what have they been doing for months on end? Be nice if we wrapped that shit up. 
Feyre has to birth a whole baby. I have to birth an entire impossible baby. Mm -hmm. Like, that is a lot to do in like 130 pages. And I can almost guarantee you that at least six of these pages are like the acknowledgements and read the first three pages of Crescent City or whatever. Like, I don't know. I'm just irritated. <laughs> the pacing seems whack as fuck. Well, I will say one thing you brought up is not a nurse. I'm sure we're or never going to talk about Lucian or the Band of Exiles. And honestly, I'm pretty sure whatever answer we get about Brianna and Baron is going to suck. Like... I, yeah. Remember when, way back in this fucking book, we were like, oh, Koshe, he's a whole fucking thing. And then for some reason, we just stopped worrying about it. That seems like a problem to me. Um, yeah, I feel like I got a lot of. <sighs> I don't know. At this point, to make this all make sense, Baron would have to be like, Nesta, I am your father. Like, I don't fucking. <laughs> no, no. Like I don't no, know. No, that's Helian to to Lucian. <laughs> yeah, for real. I, it's all we're missing. I don't know, dog. I am so lost in the plot at this point. Hang on. Talking part, part four is literally a buckle up because it's just a straight shot downhill. <laughs> Which, like, we are used to in in her novels. So, like, I'm not. I mean, in a way, I'm kind of excited for that because, like, fucking pick up the pace. Let's go. But, um. Very similar to my complaints about Crescent City, where I was like, the last, like, part of the book, I was like, that was very interesting, but I don't really feel like that was fully fleshed out and made a whole lot of sense. Like, I don't understand anybody's motivations. It was just like, everybody was doing a fucking thing. Um, that's sort of how I feel here. That's why I'm like, I'm just not convinced that in a hundred some odd pages, we're gonna make the Baron Brialin Koshe thing makes sense. I think we'll address it, but I don't think it's gonna make a lot of sense. And we're gonna get through the blood right, which like again, like plot armor, they all have to survive, I guess. So that's not here nor there. Uh yeah. I don't know. Very odd. Super weird timing. I knew that these events would be happening. I know what happens with Feyre in the end, so I guess, and, like, Nesta in the end, like, with the Feyre bit, so I guess that's the other reason I'm, like, we're really gonna, like, do all this in, like, a hundred pages. Guess that means that whole bit's gonna be, like, a page and a half and gonna feel really weird. <laughs> I've told you I have problems with this book. Anyway, I okay. Um, don't explain to you what those problems are. Yeah, because I now can see them when they're glaring foghorns or something um i yeah <laughs> i don't know dude such a weird section i didn't think i had a lot to say other but i guess i did because i had a lot to complain about uh anyway wrapping this thing up tell us about your songs your song selection is great you did run those by me earlier and i did love those well thank you so for everybody if you're actually watching the video i want you guys to know kelsey knows this this <laughs> This paper, I have one for every song list. 
She literally I have writes a notebook. them out. Like, I, I literally need to make, like, I, I should just like, take some pictures of all the different song lists everywhere and, like, just, like, throw them up on a piece of, like, on yeah. my desk and just snap a shot of them all because there are literally that many. It's hysterical how many of these I have. It is. It um, is. Yeah. I mean, poor Kelsey knows. So, yes. So, my list of songs. Um, so the first song I picked, again, no particular order. Guys, I stopped trying to put these suckers in order. They are all on my Spotify playlist, so if you yeah, go and you look for my, my Spotify pay- playlist, And you, just it. so that you know, because we do this, where we, like, pull all these songs for these episodes, mm-hmm. uh, my Spotify wrapped was so fucked up this <laughs> Killed Kim. She's dead now. My bad. Oh my god. Sorry. This is what happens when I'm tired. (laughs) And it's late. Yeah, she just spit her drink everywhere, guys. (laughs) Literally. Every. Do those of you watching? Also, uh, this will be fun now that we're doing it in video to see if anybody notices. I have heard or seen like some reviews of the podcast where somebody will be like, oh, like Kelsey laughs a lot and Kim doesn't laugh as much. And I want everyone to know, yes, she fucking does. It's just quiet and her mic mutes it out. (laughs) So like a lot of these dead silences, Kim is actually laughing and I can see her laughing, but you couldn't hear her. So now that you watch these videos, you can... Watch come, her come, her and, come, come and watch us on Spotify, guys. Yeah, That's all I can tell you. you watch the video, yeah, on Spotify. Um, you will see me spew my 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 water, my fizzy water, all over the desk. So our bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also one of those people that I I do have I do laugh silently a lot. Yes. Like I'm one of those people. I just learned. Which um, is funny because, like, it never occurred to me until I saw that one time. Saw that somebody had said something about that where they were like, ah, oh, Kim doesn't laugh that much. Like, I, I would love to hear Kim laugh. And I'm like, I swear to God, she laughs every time. And then I was like, oh, my God, they can't hear it. Well, because I did. So. Yeah. Really quick before I give you guys the songs. You know, both Kelsey and I have degrees in theater. And we both have done a lot of um, backstage work. Sure. As well as work on stage. Now, on stage work is a whole different thing when you're performing. Backstage, you can't be loud. You have to be quiet. People can't hear you lose your shit backstage laughing because it's, like, not sure. So, I have mastered the art of the silent laugh. So, I laugh a lot, but until you guys can watch my face, you don't know it. Because I'm sitting here busting a gut. Um, I just, I've learned to laugh and not make a lot of sound. Cause... And I'm loud as fuck because every show I've pretty much done, I've been in the fucking booth cussing people out over a headset. So I'm not laughing up there anyway. Uh... <laughs> and see, I, I, the way I was stage managing, the stage manager, the the stage manager's desk is not in the booth. You don't call the show from the booth. You call it from the side of the stage, which is why you have to be quiet. You can't 
can't call a show on the side of the stage and have the world hear you because it's a little um loud and distracting. Good times. Yep. So anyway, so yes. So for anybody who thinks I don't laugh, and yes, I am Kelsey Straight Man. I, I have always known that. Um, well, and I'm not even that funny. I laugh so I don't cry. So I I am her straight man, but um, I do laugh. I laugh a lot. And and to prove it, you all can come and watch me spew my drink all over um, myself and my desk. So that was fabulous. Thank you. Um, That's okay. And I'm not under the impression that my laugh isn't annoying. Don't worry. I know. <laughs> I just, like I said, I learned years ago kelsey doesn't i you you do like in certain situations if like oh yeah on the backstage running crew and something funny happens you can't bust a gut so you gotta learn to laugh very quietly um and i have just learned to master the very silent laugh or do as i do which is just completely keep your mouth shut and then laugh about it later like i will just then bust out laughing like an hour and a half later and people are like what was that and i'm like delayed (laughs) (laughs) i i can't do that that's now you know it's fine. I really can't. I struggle with that. To include being a mom with a child. So when my child's done stuff that you try not sure. to laugh at, I really struggle with that. And I can't tell you how many times I have failed at that. Like I'm just like, yeah, like totally cracking up. Like it's to the point that now he knows. Like when I get that look on my face, he knows, and he knows I, it's just it's gone. I'm like, I have that problem now in meetings, which is I have gotten so used to like I. Like, in so many Zoom meetings, I have my camera off so I can make faces and be like, what the fuck, while people are talking, uh, that now I've realized that when the camera is on, I sometimes forget that the camera is on. And, yeah, I'm definitely, like, laughing at them as they speak. And I'm like, oh, shit, they can see me. I'm muted, but they can see me. Yeah. Which I also feel a little bit about you and I doing this now because you and I could always see each other when we recorded, yes. but then everybody would only hear it. So like, I didn't know until recently that people didn't hear you laugh because I was watching you laugh. So I wasn't paying attention to that. <laughs> and like, yeah. <laughs> so I, like, really I didn't do re- laugh, you guys. Yeah. I and now I feel like you and I are just probably doing weird shit the whole time we're recording because we're used to each other. Like I'm sitting here like drinking my tea and yeah, like turning to like, cuss out cats and everything else and i'm like oh people can see this anyway um back to the point you had songs (laughs) i do i have a i have a list of songs so yes i promise at some point i will i'll take pictures of i'll do something artistic and kelsey can make it look pretty for social um i mean i could but i prefer it if kelsey (laughs) that's a whole good story it's all good you're only a little scarred for life from social i get it a lot scored actually but yeah anyway 10 years doing it let me tell you guys i've seen the dregs of humanity on social media and i i'm done i'm just done ain't that the fucking truth i have seen people at their absolute worst i've seen them at their best but i've also seen them at their absolute worst and i've spent more time dealing with the worst than i have the best and so I'm burned out. I don't want to deal with it anymore. Um, which is why I like Discord because I can go into Discord and be stupid and say stuff. Yeah, and just like, I like talk. that. Like, yeah, like I can talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be me. Um. Okay, so in no particular order, here we go. The first song is "I See the Light" from the Tangled soundtrack, and it's 
Nesta upon becoming a Valkyrie. It's that whole, you know, I've climbed the mountain, so to speak. Climb every mountain? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's an honorary. We'll do Climb Every Mountain from, from uh, uh, Sound of Music. Sound of Music, right? thank you. <laughs> um, same basic thing. Uh, so the second song is Unstoppable by Sia. And it's the cutting of the ribbon, finally. Yeah. Um, sorry, as I'm I'm trying to talk and write, you guys. It's really hard to do that, just so you guys know. Um, the third song is Queen of Swords by Idina Menzel. And it's the Valkyrie, the cutting of the ribbon, the whole talking about the training and what it takes and the, the whole bit. Um, the next song is I Run for Life by Melissa Etheridge, and it's the Valkyrie becoming a Valkyrie and her final test of the 10,000 stairs down and back. Sure. Uh, I Found Myself in Me by Adrian and Emma Jean Music. I stumbled on them, like, on reels or something stupid, like, I swear to God, because I don't know, I, I... I have some weird parts of my algorithms for what I watch. Sure. And one of the things I watch, besides all the book talks and Sarah J. Mass stuff and and all that, and my watercolor, <laughs> I watch a lot of watercolor videos. Don't mm-hmm. ask. Kelsey knows all about it. Um, one of the things I do watch, I like to watch a lot of like musicians and performers and and the videos that they put out and do so anyway this is how that's I found okay them. that still sounds way better than me i'm on bread talk i re- see a lot of tiktoks about bacon fucking sourdough anyway carry on <laughs> for those of you that can't see i have this very perplexed you, look on my face you want to talk fucked algorithm <laughs> anyway found myself in me um and it's nesta Again, the becoming a Valkyrie and what she's learned about herself, but it's what she says to Amarin during Starfall as well, yeah. where she has the confidence to smile at and acknowledge Reese and his guests of very specific high lords and that inner she did not and, bother to bathe for. Yep, and she smiles at them the whole bit, and then what she tells Amarin. So I, I anyway. Uh, the next wor- song is No Rest for the Wicked. I don't know how to pronounce this person's name. Fair. So I apologize. That's I'm just okay. I'm thinking it. sometime in the next episode or so, I have a song that I'm going to give you coming up, and I'm like, can't wait to try to pronounce that. Thanks. Yeah. Um, and I want to say the name is Likey Lee or something. L-Y-K-K-E-L-I-E. I know. Or L-I. The the last name I know is Lee. It's L I. Yeah. Uh, but the first name, no idea. Sorry guys. Um and it's the obstacle courses. Uh the next song after that is Self Sabotage by Ruel. It's Nesta and Cassie and this whole argument that they have on the bridge and the whole yeah. meat thing. Accurate. Oh I don't know what the God. fuck that was. I don't know um, what they were doing. Yeah, pretty much. Hello. Uh the next song after that is Middle of the Night by Ellie. Dewey, D-U-H-E. Um, and it's Cassie and Reese as at Emery's when they realized that the girls had been taken 
for the blood ray. Um, Dangerous Woman is the next song by Ariana Grande, and it's the Valkyries and Starfall and the conversation at Starfall yeah. between Nesta and Amarin, where I think they both come back to the realization that they're both a little dangerous. Yeah. Um, just a little. Um, the next song after that I have is Bottled Up Tight by Luke Sital Singh. It's Nesta at Starfall to Amarin, where she talks about how she had just contained herself for so long. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I thought that was really appropriate. The next song I have is Good Things Fall Apart by Elenium with John Bellion. And it's the whole after the mate conversation when it all goes to shit. Yeah. Um, and the, the next song I have after that is This Is Me Trying by T- Taylor Swift. Um, and it's Nesta at Starfall with Amarin and, and just, after yeah. she finishes the the ten thousand steps, like she's she's cut her last ribbon, like she's met yeah. her last major goal, and she has the confidence within herself. You know, this is her trying and just being right. like, "Hey, like it or not, this is who I am." People. Um, the next song I have is "Dance to This" by Troy Sivan, featuring Ariana Grande, and it's Starfall, and it's. Yeah. That moment where Nesta is watching, you know, Cassian yeah. and more and everybody's dancing and doing their thing. Yeah. And the, the last thing I have is is Friends by Chase Atlantic and it's the Valkyries. It's um it's Nesta and Emery and Gwen and even more when the girls come to rally around Nesta yeah. because Cassie's being a dumbass. Um, yeah. about the whole mate fight that they okay, have. Okay, yeah, sorry. I just want to, you know, I didn't say this before, so, like, I'm sure not everybody makes it to the last, like, three minutes of the podcast. They're probably like, yeah, yeah, I can read the list of the songs in the show notes, and they cut it off, so they're not going to hear me point this out, but can we talk about how fucked up it would be to be kidnapped in the middle of the night and show up the fucking blood right and think, all this because some fucking guy broke up with my friend. <laughs> Could you imagine being like, I wasn't even supposed, like, think about Gwen. Like, I wasn't even supposed to fucking be here. Like, I have never been here. I wasn't supposed to be here. How the however, fuck did that happen? However, I almost have to wonder if the magic, the Illyrian magic that allows them to win out would have allowed one of them to find her at the House of Wind in the barracks. Uh, maybe I don't know. I mean, I think they would have found Nesta and Emery. I just don't know how easily they could have gotten to Gwen. Yeah, I don't know that she's the wild card for sure. Yeah, but it just feels like you know what I mean. Like it just sort of feels like how fucked that like the only reason we were all even here <laughs> was because Cassian's a dumbass. Like it sort of feels like you'd never forgive him after that. It sort of feels like you would win just so that you could tell him, we hate you. Fuck you. <laughs> so they can do the big fat fuck you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I'm with you, I feel that. Yeah. Alright, well, that's all we have. Uh, you can find yep. us on all the things. Uh, pretty much the easiest way to find us is Facebook and Instagram, so Massive Fans Book Club and Podcast, Massive Fans Podcast. Uh, Truly, Discord is the best. That's always in the show notes. And you can find us on the other places like MassiveFanBookClub.com, Massive Fans on Pinterest, and Massive Fan Pod on TikTok. Um, yeah. We want to hear yep. all your thoughts.
because we want to hear if you're as fucking irritated as us. <laughs> well, not only that, but oh my gosh, we're almost at the end. So now we get to start Kristen City too soon. I know, and I can't believe I'm excited. I really thought I'd be dreading it like the plague, but Jesus fuck, get me some people who can shoot and drink coffee. Um, <laughs> and you know what, guys? By the time we're done with that, we'll have to decide if we're going to try book three. Yeah. I know, or, I know. Or if we're going to take no, a break. We probably will, well, yeah. I don't know. <sighs> yeah. And then we have to do Throne of Glass. So we I have know. eight books. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how the wind blows when we get that far. My problem is, is I may literally, because I, I will read book three oh, when sure. it comes out. I have it coming. And um, what I will say is, let me read it. And depending on what happens will depend greatly on yeah, whether or not I make us hold off on book three and go sure. straight into Throne of Glass. Sure. Sure. Fair. Or I force you to read Throne of Glass. Sure. Yeah, fair. Also fair. Because yep. I have a sneaking suspicion it may be important that you read Throne of Glass. Yeah, which again, I last thought on this very long episode, I think that's a weird way to market your books. But anyway. <laughs> I don't disagree, but I'm just saying. I think that is a weird thing to require. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm hoping that's not the case, but I'll be honest. It sort of would be me. like showing up to a class and then halfway through the semester being told about the prerequisites. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I mean, I just yeah. I, I have a weird yeah, I understand feeling, and some of the some of the groups I'm on on social yeah, the like the 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 groups were like we read all of them, and some of the mm -hmm. threads that are going on were all kind of like huh yeah i understand I, I get you i get you uh so yeah should we'll be see. fascinating i mean like i've never been one for a fan for crossovers uh couldn't stand like nancy drew and the hardy boys uh, <laughs> eh. uh yeah there was a weird episode of bones that was a crossover with can't remember what that was weird and uncomfortable yeah, I don't, I don't remember. know. I, don't know like... the, I know the episode you're talking about in the life of me right now. I can't mm -hmm. remember what it was. Oh, wasn't Sleepy it like Hollow? NCIS or something? No, no, it was that weird one that was like sort of um, fantasy, which is why it didn't make any sense to have a crossover. Yeah. I don't Never going to remember what it was called. I mean, I remember. I don't remember what the crossover is with, though. Yeah. Uh, then there was that other crossover, and I don't think it was Bones. I think it was some other show. That's how we got that. Wow, this is a good story. I don't know. That show that... <sighs> it's a cop show, and it takes place in Florida, and it is not, like, an NCIS. It's a guy, and there's gators, and I think he's, like, a bounty hunter or something. And I want to say that one was a crossover with, like... I think that was back when, like, USA had a bunch of shows, you know? I want to say that was a crossover with, like, Burn Notice or something. Anyway, uh, now that we've yeah. totally gone off on a side tangent, mm, we will uh, be in your ears again later. Okay, bye? Yes. Bye. <laughs>